following is a presentation of the Outside Lens Radio Network. Recording live from Studio Shanto, outside of Detroit, Michigan, you're listening to Scotty Freytown and Tyler Dean, The Outside Blitz. And welcome, ladies and gentlemen, to The Outside Blitz. I am your host, the fabulous one, Scotty Freytown, along with my co-host, the tenacious, titillating Tyler Dean. Tyler. Welcome to the show where we talk all things NFL, and uh, man, we are here just about, what is it, about a week and a half after free agency frenzy opened up. Holy free agency. Yeah, yeah, it is um, trades galore this year. I'm kind of of taken aback by how many trades have taken place this offseason. We've had a lot of, like, outlandishly big moves happening around the league, have we not? We have. It, it, it's, it seems like it's been more trades than ever before. It feels like a baseball season. Yeah, it's it's a strange uh, uh, situation. We had we had like I mean, and we're not talking like small trades here. Like the, these are not like itty bitty. You know, oh, this guy got traded here. This guy got traded there. Ooh, no big deal. No, these are star players getting thrown around. I mean, like it's crazy. I mean, the Tyree Kill and Devontae's and all this stuff. I mean, these guys getting, I mean, just moved everywhere. I can't believe seven it. first round draft picks were traded over the course of free agency. It's the most in the in the common football era. Holy smokes! And and you know, and it's time to touch all the other draft picks that have moved around in, in, as a part of all those trades. Yeah, um, I I just ugh, man, the, the amount of trades that have gone on, and the amount, like you said, amount the amount of first rounders that have been dealt in these in these moves are is just outlandish. Um, especially because a lot of these trades involve multiple first round selections. Um, I mean, we're talking three first rounders for certain players. I, I, that that's crazy talk to me, especially for some of the players that have been getting dealt. I I mean, I I don't know. I feel like a team doing that is almost like mortgaging their future, right? Yeah, and it depends on how you do it. And I'm, and we're going to be talking about a lot of these trades in different. In, in various detail and on different sides of it. Right. No, and, uh, so I know I know you have a, a lot of news written down because it's been a very crazy week and a half, but unfortunately um, I am hijacking the show today. Yeah. Because for what's been a, a crazy free agency, I'm calling, I'm dedicating this show to what I'm calling the, uh, the free agency frenzy Tyler's top 10 takeover. Oh boy. So you can go ahead and cross off any news on your list has anything to do with any signings or trades. Oh boy. Well, we we will. Um, okay, okay, I can do that. I I have. You know what? I I think I've got it under control over here. Um, but all right, I I do have some news around the league uh, that we'll jump into that doesn't involve a lot of uh, signings and free agency. There's one that does involve something in the works but <laughs> i mean we'll we'll roll with it but, anything confirmed cannot be discussed because we have a lot to talk about and we're gonna we're gonna do it in a very special way yeah the uh it, we're, we're you know it and that's the thing like we so last episode what we learned is is the amount of moves and and we had i mean there were a lot of moving parts uh within the first day and we had so much content and so much stuff happening around the league and it, it was making our episode go longer and longer and longer. And because of when we recorded it, um, it, it 
it turned into what ended up being the uh, craziest breaking news day. Yeah, it was crazy. I was, you're like, oh yeah, well, breaking news. These eight things happened, and then as we're closing up, one more thing happened. I don't know it was the biggest. Can't remember what it was. Right. It was. It was wild. I mean, it was uh, J.C. Jackson, if I'm not mistaken, getting signed. Yes. But but I mean, we we had I mean so much stuff. So we decided to narrow it down to the really big ones, and and we we I think we have it kind of uh, narrowed down, right? I would say so. I, I think so. So we're going to have the the top 10 takeover. But here is um, one thing or a few things we have around the league. So we, we've got some very brief news. Let's talk about it, Tyler. I want to jump into this. Uh, Jag center Brandon Linder, he retires after eight seasons in the NFL. I, I think a lot of this has to do with him playing for the Jags, to be perfectly honest with you, uh, because Brandon Linder has been a good center in this league for a while. He's He's been very good. And Jacksonville... This is such a weird place. It's hard to really – because he's not that old. He's, he, he just turned 30, so he, he still has more years left if he wanted, there, wanted to be there. Right. I, I like Brandon Linder a lot. I, I, I'm sad that he's uh, – it kind of comes at a bad time. You know, you're nearing the end of free agency. The Jags don't get a situation to, to where they get to go out and find themselves a center unless they're going to go out and draft one. A lot of people have put them in the draft market or in the, you know, as far as getting a, an offensive lineman goes. So this could kind of shake things up for the Jags in the draft. They have said they're open for business uh, with that first overall pick. It's going to get a little hairy for them, I think, especially because they were have been projected so readily to be taking Evan Neal, you know, out of out of Alabama there as their offensive tackle. But I don't think they're in in a a position to do that anymore. And I mean, it. I think this puts Tyler Linderbaum into play, doesn't it? It does, which which would involve a trade down a little bit, which they they have a lot of wiggle room to do so. Yeah, I think they do. Um, they're definitely open for business, but I do think it puts Linderbaum in play. I think they're going to have to trade down though, in order, you know, in order to make that a really true, truly strong value pick. As far as yeah, you can't you you can't just take Linderbaum at number one. Exactly. So that's that's where things are going to get interesting. Um, over in the Colts' neck of the woods, they go and hire former head coach John Fox as their new defensive assistant. You know, I like this move a lot. I think John Fox has a wealth of experience, and uh, this could be really helpful for the Colts, especially with all the coaching guys that they lost uh, over the course of the last offseason, right? It's quietly a very good bring, and I, I, I like this. And I, I, I'm pretty confident on the direction it heads. Yeah, I, I think the Colts finally, you know, you know, filled a, a, a position of need, I guess you could say, on their coaching staff because they, they lost a ton of guys when Matt Eberflus went out the door. Uh, for Chicago. So here we are. They they go out and sign John Fox. Um, over in the, the Titans neck of the woods, they're currently working on an extension for wide receiver A.J. Brown. Uh, I, you know, they said he's a Titan. They want to keep him a Titan. You know, I don't blame him. Uh, I think this is this is a smart move. A.J. Brown is obviously one of if one of the best players on that team. I'm not going to say the best because obviously that goes to King Henry over there. But A.J. Brown, they obviously he's a a guy that you're going to want to keep signed on your franchise. And, right? and the thing, and the thing with AJ Brown is, um, is he going to get the, uh, dollar amount that Hill and Adams have gotten? Probably not, but he's, he's within, he's within that ballpark range of the, just outside of that. Yeah. I think he's a mid range. Number one, you know, I, I'm not going to sit here and say that I think AJ Brown is top 10 or anything like that yeah. because he'll, he'll get 24. 
he'll get, yeah, he'll at least get 24, 25 million a year. I think, I think that's around the range that he's going to get, but he's not going to get 30. And, no. and you know, the Titans, they, they get a number one receiver that I guess is good enough, but they get a number one receiver that isn't a superstar like Devonte Adams. And, and I think that, it, that is um, definitely, you know, what they should be looking for there in that situation. They get themselves a, a number one receiver, technically speaking, on a discount. So that'll be kind of nice. The NFL right now is in the midst of proposing changes to the overtime rules that say both teams get a possession. Mike Tomlin, posing those rule changes, says he that he would like the league to move back to a traditional sudden death OT. Now, I don't know how I feel about I know you you are a practitioner of, you know, college football rules and and well, I well more advanced, not as easy as the college football. I don't like how close they are in college football. I, I just don't like the idea that they consider even would even consider college football rules. I, I think that it's it's kind of silly. Oh, each team gets a possession at the 20 or whatever. I'm a traditionalist as well. I do like the idea of each team getting a possession, but I am I am still a traditionalist and and. You know, OT doesn't scare me at all as far as sudden death goes, like Mike Tomlin. It, I don't know. I, I'm iffy on, on the idea of college. It's, just, it's, the, it's the only sport in which you can tie, in which the overtime rules are set in, in a way to where the one team may not get a possession. So, I, I mean, I, I think at bare minimum we should be looking at two kickoffs should be taking place. And that could be a possibility. That could be a thing. But at the end of the day, they're, they're exploring it. Um, I'm wondering how the NFL is going to do it. Because the overtime rules have been under such close scrutiny over the course of the uh, last two seasons. Um, I think it's been the last two seasons since they introduced the new overtime rules. So, iffy, iffy situation there. I'm not sure how I feel about it. Over with the Panthers. Wide receiver Shai Smith. He's arrested for unlawfully carrying a handgun, drug possession, and speeding in South Carolina. Uh, is this young man's career over? I mean, he was just drafted last year, if I'm not mistaken. Uh, I don't know if it's going to be over, but it's 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 definitely a bad time to to be causing that type of a ruckus. Yeah, especially this early in your career. For sure. Yeah, I I think that the Panthers, you know, he's really not that huge of a, a factor to the Panthers as far as their offense goes. I think he's going bye bye. I think he's going to wind up getting. Uh, I mean, especially with unlawfully carrying a firearm, you know, that's that's a big deal. So I mean, I I really do think that they're going to. Um, probably let him go uh, down the line. I don't see the the Panthers retaining Shai Smith uh, anytime soon. Also, the Cowboys, they're hiring Brian Schottenheimer as a football analyst. Uh, I like Brian Schottenheimer a lot. I think this is a smart play. That football analyst role is starting to become a bigger thing in the NFL. I mean, it started with your Ravens, and now that's becoming a much you know more important thing on these coaching staffs, right? It definitely seems to be uh, – there's definitely been an uptick in, in teams bringing on these new roles. Even even outside just analysts, just, you're, you're, you're seeing more and more of these different roles be developed. Right. And and that football analyst role, I mean, it's it's becoming very important as far as, you know, uh, third downs and, and, you know, oh, what what's the chances of you converting this? And what's the chance of you converting this fourth down and one? And what's the chances of you getting in the end zone when you're uh, two yards away from the goal line or whatever the case? So, I mean, the, that analyst role is is an important one these days. And, and those uh, those numbers are starting to really, I guess, change the game in a way. 
so it's it's making for the game a lot more exciting and and I'm I'm fired up for it. I think that role is an important one. Uh, also, the Lions they go out and get added as the team for Hard Knocks on HBO this year. You're excited for this. I eh, uh, I don't know. I don't know how I feel about the Lions being on Hard Knocks. It's a prime team to be on there, and I, I think Campbell is, is the kind of coach that people will tune in to see. Yeah, I guess I could see that. Dan Campbell is is one of those guys where you know he says some stuff about biting kneecaps and whatever else, and people get fired up about it for some reason. But yeah, the Lions they're going to wind up on HBO's Hard Knocks. Also, a fire broke out. At Mile High Stadium in Denver, uh, it scorches, I mean, about six rows of seats in the, the suite area. It was caused by a welder's torch. So I, I guess the and it, there was about 100 people in the stadium. They were all in the upper deck, so they weren't anywhere near the fire or anything like that. But is this, happen, this what happens when you let Russell Wilson cook? <laughs> Can I ask that? I, I'm just, just curious. Um, what, but, what, and, and the twelfth man over in Seattle had had, had enough uh, wind power to keep fires from starting. Yeah, I guess I don't know. I mean, either that or or the Seahawks fans are just so angry that they went to Denver and started firebombing the place. I I can't decide. But uh, yeah, fire breaks out at Mile High Stadium. <laughs> just a crazy situation. But the uh, as they were talking to the fire marshal, they were talking about the seats in Mile High, and according to the fire marshal. Those seats, those plastic seats, are incredibly flammable, interestingly enough. So take that. Interesting. Yeah. So imagine sitting there in Mile High, you know, just going, oh, yeah, I'm in the, the seat that lights on fire. New uh, new, new uh, warnings on seats. Um, just a heads up, your seat is flammable. Yeah, very, very flammable. Um, and then last but not least, we got to talk about the Deshaun Watson stuff. He was introduced as the new Browns uh, QB after the trade that took place this past week. Um, he maintains his innocent uh, innocence among uh, the allegations that are against him. Currently, right now, Tony Busby is having a second grand jury in Brazoria, Texas, considering evidence in a criminal complaint again involving Deshaun Watson alleging sexual misconduct during massage therapy session. I mean... I, a, I feel like this Tony Busby guy, to be perfectly honest with you, I think he's kind of an asshole. And um, I think, you know, I mean, good on him, I guess, as, a, as an attorney for, you know, not wanting to lose a case and whatever the case may be. But at the same time, I feel like Tony Busby has been like kind of ridiculous throughout this whole case. Um, I mean, with some of the stuff he's been doing all throughout the the entire case, I, I think Tony Busby has been absolutely ridiculous. Uh, as far as Deshaun Watson goes, obviously he winds up um, the grand jury dismisses his case as as uh, criminal complaints come uh, come forth. And I, I don't know, Tyler, and I know you're you're kind of in the boat, and a lot of other people are in the boat of you know, 23 women making accusations, you know, can't be lying, and we we don't know that. I, I got to be honest with you. I, I don't think I know that. You know, I, obviously, if he did do what he did, he needs to be in jail. But at the same time, you know, we, we don't know that he did that. A lot of these women and Deshaun, for that matter, all went on the stand. And I don't understand this. That every single person went on the stand and pled the fifth to a bunch of random ass questions. I mean, how are how is anybody a supposed to get anything as done as far as a, a case goes and b understand anything about the case? If both sides are pleading the fifth at that point, I, I 
<laughs> you have no case at that it just point. feels like a wash at that point right it just it's stupid i i don't get it it this whole thing has gotten out of control uh deshaun maintains his innocence though busby's got another uh grand jury going do you think deshaun watson gets suspended this year do you think do you think he goes to prison where do you think this is headed i, I don't think he's going to prison or anything like that but i, I think that he's still more, most definitely going to get suspended yeah, I because it, it is still clear that he that he that he broke some NFL rules there. So there there'll be some suspension going on. Just the length of it, it who knows? Yeah, we don't know what the hell is going to happen. But yeah, the Browns right now are maintaining Baker Mayfield as it stands uh, on an eighteen million dollar deal, and and I think a lot of that has to do with the Deshaun Watson situation. Do you think people just don't like Baker Mayfield, or you just think it's just a price tag situation? I think they're probably asking for more than teams want to give up. Right. That's that's kind of where I'm at. I think I think they, they see a young quarterback that somebody could develop. And there you go. So um, with that, that is the news around the league. Now, Tyler, we have the Tyler's top 10 takeover coming up here. I'm going to do that after break, though. I want to jump in real fast to knock out some of these uh, prospects for the upcoming NFL draft. We're going to get right down to that business right here, right now. Let's get that done, and then we're going to jump into the top 10 takeover right after we go to break. But, Tyler, I've got offensive line prospects to look at this time around. I think you should be uh, all kinds of fired up about it. So are you ready to go through our top prospects here? Let's do it up. All right. So I'm going to go ahead and start out with the number one offensive line prospect, a guy that, honestly, we haven't heard a lot about. Here we go, Evan Neal out of Alabama. We've been hearing a lot about him potentially going number one overall. Um, you know, he's a, a big boy. He's the consensus number one tackle in the 2022 draft. And, and you know, there's a lot of people that are saying, you know, well, I don't know if if he's going to be the guy because we really haven't seen a lot out of Evan Neal since he, he got announced as entering the draft. He's a big boy. I mean, this guy's a giant, and, and he has height and size, that that type of stuff. I mean, you can't teach that. That's that's just what it is. He's a big boy. He's got power in his arms and legs. He's just a monster. You know, he's he, They said, according to a sports science guy, Matt Ray, he said his jumping power is in the top 1% that they've ever measured. Think about that. Coming off the line, that all that power in your legs. He's he's got only 22% body fat. I mean, this guy is a workout warrior. He's a monster. He's he's versatile. He can play both left and right right tackle. He dominates in the run game. I mean, and he's got great awareness. He has great foot speed. I mean, this guy is an absolute stud at that offensive tackle position. The one thing that people are concerned about is that he's susceptible to speed rushers and um, his pass blocking. So people do have a a few questions about that, but I think ultimately this guy is going to be a stud. I like Evan Neal. Personally speaking, I think he's the number one offensive tackle out of this draft. But a guy that they seem to think is going to overtake him and a guy we've been hearing a lot about is Ikem Ikuanu. And, And he's, technically speaking, he is the number three ranked guy. He's out of NC State. He's the number three ranked guy going into this draft, but a lot of people think that Ika Mukwanu is going to be a guy that that can overtake Evan Neal, and he's been just making waves through the combine. We saw, we heard about all uh, all the great things he did in the combine. We heard all about how impressive an athlete he is, how strong he is. He's got a great, powerful frame. I mean, and, and he's able to get to those second level blocks. He's got great agility. 
we've heard all these wonderful things about him. Um, but they, we do see see almost the same things as we saw to Evan Neal. He needs to improve his technique as a pass blocker. You know, he's he can honestly be a little over aggressive at times. He was un, undeveloped as a pass blocker, pass blocker, and he has really good speed, but he gets beaten by those speed rushers. So it's it's kind of an interesting situation. I, I want to see how he develops as a pass blocker over time. But Ika Mekwanu is my number two. A lot of people seem to think that he's going to overtake Evan Neal. I don't know how true that is, but I'm I'm uh, I'm more in the Evan Neal uh, situation. Next up, we've got Charles Cross out of Mississippi State. I like Charles Cross a lot. He's he's an explosive guy. He's got good size. He's strong. Um, he's got really he knows how to create leverage and, and pass protection. So we like that a lot. Uh, the issue with Charles Cross is he doesn't have a big body. That's the thing. He's not a big dude, uh, and, and he's really not very good in run blocking. So, you know, you go the completely opposite direction with Charles Cross. But ultimately, I mean, 310 pounds, he is actually the number two ranked guy in this draft. I like Charlie, but he's my number three. I, I like Charles Cross a lot. I think he goes first round, and and really, I think it. But I, I really, truly think that Ika Mcquanu is going to wind up going before him. Uh, number four to me goes to Tyler Linderbaum. He's the the consensus number one center out of this draft. You know, a lot of people are saying, you know, oh, he's an undersized center. He, he's just going to be another Garrett Bradbury. We know Garrett Bradbury was a bust. I seem to think, uh, you know, he's actually a very much more technical and more seasoned Garrett Bradbury. He's very athletic. He's got really solid body control, and he's an elite pass protector. So any team that needs good pass protection on the interior, that's your guy. I I actually like him a lot. A lot of people say that he does get pushed around a little bit at times. He loses leverage battles, and a lot of that does have to do with his size. But to me, I really think that, that his finesse and his technique is so much better I've got him as my number four offensive lineman in this draft a lot of people have him as their number five Um, I've got him as number four here and then number five is going to be Kenyon Green Uh, I like Kenyon Green a lot out of Texas A&M he's a really good kid he's got a he's got a great attitude Um, he's a really smart guy and he's nasty he is just ruthless when he's out there. He's a big athlete. He's got good size. He's got a great frame. He stays balanced, and he's explosive. That's the thing. He's a, he's really explosive. He's great in run blocking, which is you know huge. And even though this is becoming a more pass heavy league, that run blocker on the interior is detrimental to a team's success. You know he needs. He, obviously, there are certain like I guess. Um, physical traits that are lacking his arm arm length is a little iffy but you know and and really he didn't dominate in college statistically I mean he allowed a total of 48 pressures in three years it's good but it's not anything to write home about so you know I have questions about Kenyon Green but I do think he is the consensus to me the top five uh, or the number five offensive lineman in this draft that and not enough people are talking about Kenyon Green. I thought he was just going to be tremendous, you know, initially. And there's been a lot of talk about, you know, a few other guys. One guy that I really want to talk about just real quick, just as a, you know, side note, teams looking for a steal right now need to be looking at Dylan Parham. 
They, they really need to be looking at this kid out of Memphis. This guy's great. And, and anybody who is going into that third round and they need an interior offensive lineman, Dylan Parham's the guy. I'm telling you right now, he's a great guard. This guy is another guy that people need to be looking at. Right now, just you know, so, so we're clear on this, Dylan Parham is ranked the number 19 prospect out of all of these prospects by a lot of these metrics. So I think, and personally, I think Dylan Parham is going to be a starter in his first year in the league. So those are my offensive line prospects there. And I even included a steal there, Tyler. Don't you like that? I like it. Yeah. So those are our top five offensive line prospects moving into the draft. Now, Tyler, we've got Tyler's top 10 takeover coming here. We're going to jump into a very quick break, and then we're going to jump in, and we're going to go for Tyler's top 10, Freytown's Forgotten 5. We're going to get all these these free agency moves rocking and rolling here. So we'll be right back, right here on the Outside Blitz. At It's Your Time Massage, you get all the benefits of one of the larger massage chain parlors, but in a more intimate and personal setting. With four years' experience, massage therapist and owner Amanda Yata's goal is to help people in a natural way, offering Swedish deep tissue, pregnancy, aromatherapy, and sports massages. You will feel better and have more energy in just one hour. It's Your Time Massage is offered in-home, Amanda's or yours. With the rates ranging from $55 to $130, you get professional quality at an affordable rate. Contact Amanda today at 313-686-4347 or online at iytmassage.com. It's your time massage, a natural way to improve your well-being. Welcome back to the Outside Blitz. I'm your host, Tyler Dean. Well, it's Tyler's forgot, or Tyler's top ten takeover, so I'm gonna go hooray. <laughs> and it's it's kind of you're you're taking over the show, so I'm just giving it to you. That's rare. That's very rare. I'll give you a hooray today. That's, that's <laughs> I'm not sure. I'm not sure how to handle this hooray. Uh, yeah, I know, right? You're getting the praise. What is this? Something's wrong. <laughs> Something's gonna blow up. Yeah, I know, right? I'm gonna... You're gonna see me out on the out on the front lawn in my truck, giving you an old lawn job on there, doing figure eights out there. That'd be best case scenario. <laughs> so Tyler's top ten. We we're looking at our our um, all the free agency moves. Uh, we're going through the forgotten five or the I'm sorry the top ten AFC moves, the top ten NFC moves, the top. 10 worst moves and the top free agents remaining. I also have forgotten fives for all of those categories. So uh, Tyler, are you ready to jump in? Yeah, we'll do it. Uh, we'll, we'll start with the AFC. Just, it was originally going to be just top 10 moves, but then I was getting through here, going through this I'm like, shoot, there's a lot of great moves, especially with all the trades in, in consideration. It's like, this is going to be tough. So I decided to give each side their, uh, their own, to to uh kind of so we can we can showcase as many of these as possible. Yeah, I agree with that. So we'll start with the AFC. Oh boy. 
Number 10, the signing of Brandon Scherf. That's a great signing. I thought I thought the Jags kind of snuck one. That that was like the most sneaky one they got early on in free agency because a lot of people were were projecting Brandon Scherf to either go to the Vikings or go to the Colts. Brandon Scherf winds up going over to the Jags, and and it's kind of a weird move. If I was Brandon Scherf, it would be like one of the last place I'd want to go. But I mean, obviously these guys sometimes go to the highest bigger bidder, money talks and bullshit walks, and that's what you got. Brandon Scherf going over to. Uh, Going over to the Jags there, so and at a pretty reasonable contract, he's 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 making a little over fifteen a year, which is for him good. He's still only thirty, right? I think he could have made about seventeen or eighteen somewhere. I just don't know that people were offering that for an interior lineman at this point. And that's very well possible. His his per year comes to about sixteen and a half. Yeah. So I mean, I I, I don't know. I, I think I would rather if I was Brandon Scherf, I would be standing back going, I want to go to a winner. You know, I just don't think the Jags are a winner. And I somehow mean, he went to one of the only three teams in the AFC that don't have winning potential right now. <laughs> yeah, and that's that's the thing. I mean, the AFC is loaded and, and he goes over to the Jags. Like, what are we doing here? I, I don't understand. Yeah, the from, a de- from a decision on his end standpoint, maybe it should be a worse. But but as far as the Jaguars are concerned, this is this is a great signing. Yeah, they knocked it out of the park with this one. They had all kinds of cap space to throw around, and they were throwing it around. And this oh, was they did. Yeah, they did. But I mean, this was actually you know they're in a situation where a lot of bad moves were made over there. He winds up getting you know a really good, a really good deal, and the Jags wind up getting a really good player. So. You know, and and they needed to shore up the interior offensive line, and I thought this was just a, a smart move. He played really well in Washington, so he's going to do really well over there with the Jags. Number nine, the Bengals signing of Lael Collins. Weird what, signing. It's a weird signing, but it feels like a very good contract as, a, I, as I sit here it, and look at it. It's a great signing, but it's a weird signing. The 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 great part about that signing, Lyle Collins actually played really really well for the Cowboys. The problem the Cowboys had is Lyle Collins is always getting suspended. And and a lot of it has to do with either PEDs or whatever the hell else. But the, the man is always suspended, and, and the Cowboys kind of got pissed off about it. Lyle Collins going over to the Bengals, I mean, this is a smart play. The Bengals' offensive line was absolute dog shit last year. So seeing Collins get signed over there, he winds up you know going to a winner. Obviously, is a smart move on his end. He gets to go to a team that just played in the Super Bowl. He gets to play with Joe Burrow. He gets to play with Joe Mixon. I mean, and and the Bengals on their end, they made a great signing. Good contract. They get him signed to to a big deal. They get a big name left tackle, and they and they get to throw him on that line and you know protect Joe Burrow a little better because Joe Burrow was getting a hell beat out of him last year and the year before that. So it's good, and the Bengals had the cap space to do it. That was what a lot of people didn't realize is the Bengals, if I'm not mistaken, had somewhere in the vicinity of 70 million in cap space moving into this. They have so, the money to do it, and they're, and they're spending it in the right places right now because you, you, you can't just let Burrow just get hit game in, game out. Exactly. They, they're they making the right plays to to build that team up. They they just came off of a, a year where they played in the Super Bowl, and, and now the Bengals are – they're making the proper moves to win now. So – so and, and they while they have a young team and a young quarterback on five years of a rookie contract uh, team control, I mean, this is smart. So I, I like the signing. I think the Lyle Collins signing, I mean, the offensive line situation may be what the Bengals need to put them over the top. Number eight, uh, the Chiefs signing of Justin Reed. On the surface, it feels weird because Justin Reed did come off a down year, but I 
put a lot of that in the fact that the Houston team as a whole has been on a harsh decline. I don't think I'm, I'm willing to put any of that on Justin Reed. Yeah, uh, the the Houston Texans are a mess right now. I mean, they, they've been a mess for about a, what, two years now. Reed is coming off of a down year. And and to be honest with you, it, you know, he said so the contract is three years, 31 and a half. And I think that's actually a really good deal for Justin Reed. And I think it's a really good deal, you know, for the Chiefs. I think the Chiefs wind up getting a really solid safety and, and they wind up getting him on, on a reasonable contract. Ten million a year for a safety is not bad, especially one where Justin Reed has actually been good throughout a majority of his career. So. Yeah, I like this move. I think the Chiefs, and and obviously that I think that signals that they're not going to be bringing back Tyron Matthew either. And I feel that this is an upgrade from Tyron Matthew. Really, I do. Um, Matthew had himself also had a bit of a rough year. I mean, the Chiefs defense as a whole did in the first half of the season, but they kind of turned it around the back half. But I just don't feel like Matthew's been that good over the last two seasons. Yeah, a lot of people feel that way, and and I like Tyron Matthew. I mean, Justin Reed. I mean, he could be an upgrade. We'll have to wait and see. But uh, I think this is a really smart play by the Chiefs, and and obviously they're not going to be bringing back Tyron Matthew. So I mean, a, I mean that leaves Tyron Matthew out there. I think a change of scenery could be good for both Reed and Matthew. To be honest with you, but we'll, agreed. We'll have to wait and see. Uh, a lot of times we see players go to different schemes and they turn out to be studs. So you know who knows what'll happen here. But Justin Reed going to the Chiefs, I like this move. I think it's smart. Number seven, the trade. Of Devontae Adams from the Raiders side. Yeah, the Raiders, they, you know, I thought Adams, like after seeing what happened with, with Tyreek Hill, you know, at first it was just like, okay, Devontae Adams, a first and a second. Okay, you know, it, it seems reasonable. And then you saw what happened with Tyreek Hill. And then you went, oh, the Packers got robbed blind. That's that's what happened because I saw Tyreek Hill pull two firsts. Because yeah, they're 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 it's the the difference in picks was is all day three, but you're still talking three additional picks. Right. I mean that's that's the big thing. You know, I I, I personally speaking, I I think that the the Chiefs made out like bandits on the Tyreek Hill trade, and I, I don't know I don't know that the Packers were asking enough for Devontae Adams, but at the same time, to be fair. You know, the, there were also re-signings and extensions that went on in those situations as well. And and I don't know. I, I the, the Devontae Adams move, to me, it, it reeked of desperation of, of the Packers to get him off their books, to be honest, after after the Aaron Rodgers situation. Um, if you look at, at what Devontae wanted to get paid and what the Packers had as far as cap, cap space goes. And the other situation with the, the Raiders is, Derek Carr isn't getting paid a whole ton of dollars right now. So they have a good situation over there where they can sign on a big time receiver and not have him take up. And in this case, the Packers would have had Rodgers and Adams taking up $80 million in cap space between the two guys. So I get Aaron Rodgers is a great player, but um, yeah, Devontae Adams on top of Aaron Rodgers would have been taking up too much cap space. I think, I think they, they needed to do it. And I think they got a little desperate and they just pulled the trigger. And uh, I don't think it was the best move for them. But you like it from the Raiders side. I did like it from the Raiders side. I thought the Raiders, they, them signing him to an extension was smart on their end because they do have the cap space. Derek Carr still isn't getting paid a whole lot of money. So those two together, that's only taking up about 50 million. 
So that's a big difference. That's a stark difference because you still have $158 million to throw around to your different players. Whereas, I mean, 120 million assigned 52 players or 51 players is is a little rough in Packerland there. So oh, yeah. that that makes things a little difficult. Now, understanding the Raiders did sign Max Crosby to that huge deal, and I'm sure we'll get to that shortly. But you know, the the Raiders still they they get an extra player or two with that 30 million dollars or three players even three big big names really with that extra 30 million dollars i think the raiders got away with one here and i think they they really got a top tier receiver on a discount number six the signing of juju smith schuster to the chiefs i i like him on, on that team i it seems like a reasonable contract where i don't like it is the uh i think they could have shorted him up longer i don't like this move um, Juju, you know, he's, he's completed, I believe two seasons throughout his, his career. So I have, I have questions about durability. I have questions about attitude. I don't know that Juju Smith Schuster is going to, um, be a good fit for a team that doesn't, and a coach rather that doesn't put up with bullshit. Andy Reid does not play games. He's and a different kind of coach than Mike Tomlin. Exactly. And and I don't know that Juju is going to wind up being a fit here. I, I've, I've got a really bad feeling about this situation. Now, understanding, I mean, there is some bullshit with Patrick Mahomes and, and his stupid-ass wife and his, his stupid-ass brother. I, I get that. But I don't know. I just think Juju Smith-Schuster is going to be a really weird fit here. It's kind of square peg, round hole. And and hopefully for his sake he proves me wrong. Maybe he will. But I don't I don't see this. I don't like this. I understand it for the money, and I'm sure they're probably going to go out and draft a receiver. You know they have two picks in a row. I think it's 29 and 30. I don't know. This is this is a weird one to me. And and I'm not I'm not sold on it. It's cool that you are. I just I don't see this one. I'm not feeling it. Nope. And that's and that's fair. I mean, a lot. A lot of these, I mean, there's so many big moves. Everyone's going to have a difference in opinion and how we feel all, all these teams shook out on every one of them. Right. Number five, the trade for Khalil Mack from the Chargers' favor. Yeah, I think the Chargers got a deal here. Um, the, the Bears were just desperate to dump cap space. That's just kind of what it seemed like. Khalil Mack going over to the Chargers, and, and the, the kicker about it is is that that cap space isn't actually going to come off the Bears' books until next year. So they're eating, I mean, a huge chunk, I mean, a majority of Khalil Mack's contract for this season, which I was like, what? What are we doing here? But, yeah, I, the Chargers got away with one. They, they traded a two and a six to go and get him. I mean, that's that's like nothing. And we, we've been talking about the Chargers' defense was kind of iffy this last year. It seems like they're making the moves to correct it. and. This is one of those big moves, and I think Khalil Mack is going to be something real special for them. Can you imagine how scared players in the the AFC West are going to be, and let alone around the rest of the league with Khalil Mack and Joey Bosa chasing after him? I mean, that's that's going to be wild. It's going to be nasty. Yeah. Number four, the trade for Robert Woods on the Titans side. Yeah, I think the Titans got a, got a deal here. They got a steal. Robert Woods, good player, and I understand he's coming off an ACL tear. You know, I'm. Oh, I've always been really big on Robert Woods. I know you've been big on Robert Woods. I I like this 
this move. I think they got a, a really great receiver. And Robert Woods is very versatile. The way he was used in in those Rams systems, you know, coming out of the backfield and all those trick plays. And he's been a consistent thousand yard receiver when he doesn't tear his ACL. Right. I mean, he he's great in the red zone. I mean, I I like Robert Woods, and I even though Julio was was a real bust as far as going to the Titans this past season. Robert Woods, I could see him being way better in this situation. And Ryan Tannehill gets himself another really, really good weapon. And we'll see if he can make the best of it. I mean, Ryan Tannehill has needed some help. A.J. Brown needed a guy that could truly compliment him well. They were hoping Julio was going to be that guy, and he wasn't. So, you know, we're going to find out, you know, if Robert Woods can be that guy. And and I think Robert Woods has been, I mean, he's been good. I mean, he played in Buffalo, if I'm not mistaken, before this, correct? Mm-hmm. Yeah, so I mean, he was. It good. wasn't until it wasn't until he got to the Rams, I believe, when he really started to take off. Right, but he, he was decent in Buffalo too. I, I mean, I just, I don't know. I, I think, I think he's going to wind up being a star over there. Um, I, I mean, he's already a star. He was a star with the Rams. I think he's going to be a star with the Titans now. That that's a really good number two guy, and especially for for the things that the Titans could use him for and his versatile his versatility. I, I think he's he's going to wind up being. Uh, a star over there. Number three, the Ravens signing of Marcus Williams. I liked it. Williams is young. Um, very Ra- young. Yeah, very young. And the, the Ravens go out and get themselves a star. They get and themselves a they, star. They, they desperately re- they resecure, and nothing against Deshaun Elliott, but they resecure what's going to be, once healthy, um, one of the scariest uh, defensive back systems in football yeah. between Marcus and it, Williams and and uh, Chuck. And then you have uh, Peters and, and Humphrey still still on the prow at, at corner. Right. And they got him. I mean, the deal that they got him, I mean, 15 million a year. Yeah, you, you, you paid him. But I mean, that's a, that's what he should have gone for, if not a little bit more. Right. It was it was a big splash free agency signing. You guys needed needed the secondary help. Um, and, and he doesn't really get hurt very often. I, He's I, been very good for Saints every season. Yep. So I, I like this signing a lot. I, I agree with you. I think you guys hit a home run on, on getting this guy locked down. You guys had the cap space to do it, and you made the move. And that, that's what needed to happen. And it's a smart play by the Ravens. I, I think you guys will wind up, you know, He's going to wind up fixing your secondary in a lot of ways, and I don't know if he's going to be like the second coming of Ed Reed or anything like that. But which is a lot, yeah, it's a lot to ask for. Yeah, but, but he's same. been very, he's been a very good safety in this league, and he's he's been he's been quiet. Right, he doesn't make a lot of um outside of football noise. He's he comes in, he plays football. Yep, and you guys have him locked down until he's thirty. So I mean, he's only twenty five years old. So you guys got him for a, a, a long haul. This is going to be a really solid player for the Ravens and it's he's really going to fit that defensive scheme nicely uh, I like this move it's really going to allow them to they still got some work to do when it comes to the front the front seven but this is going to give them some leeway to not have to make a major major splash because they 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 have the uh the talent in the back to to take care of it yeah I agree number two the signing of JC Jackson to the Chargers. Yeah, this one happened uh, as we were on the on the pod last show. So J.C. Jackson, for for like last year, back in 2020, he he went and picked off a bunch of uh, a bunch of passes. I think he led the league in interceptions that year. I believe uh, so. 
Yep. And then this up this past year, he he really developed his game into more of being a, a, a lot more of a shutdown corner. I like J.C. Jackson a lot. He's young. The, they get a, they get themselves a young corner that knows what he's doing. I mean, look at it, 82.7 PFF grade. His coverage grades are an 83. I mean, that's that's insane. So the Chargers go out and get a really good one. And, I mean, currently, as it stands, that guy is 26 years old. So I, I like this signing a lot. I The Chargers, they – they're looking to fix a situation that needed to be fixed because they have narrowly missed the playoffs twice uh, since Justin Herbert came in. And you've got this rookie, this great rookie on a, or this great player rather on a rookie deal. I mean, that's, that's the thing. You got this guy on a rookie deal and, and you're wasting that team control, that five years of team control because your defense can't get it done. And we watched that last game of the year and Justin Herbert played his heart out, played his heart out. Could have made the playoffs, and the defense couldn't hold up. So, a lot of a lot of questions there. But yeah, I I like J C Jackson. I think this is a smart play by the Chargers going out and and getting that secondary situated, getting Derwin James some help. That'd be nice, right? Going Absolutely. out, and, you know, getting a pass rush, another pass rusher. They're they're making the moves to make this thing happen. So good on the Chargers getting this done. This is a smart deal. And number one. The trade for Amari Cooper, and this ranks high, and it's in the Browns' favor because it's just the Browns gave up nothing. Right. They got our, they got our free Pro Bowl uh, caliber receiver. Yeah. Basically. Yeah, I agree. I, I thought this was this was a smart move by them. They go out and and get it done. They they I mean the, it was a fifth round pick and a sixth round pick swap. I mean <laughs> for a guy who's just a a stud, an absolute stud. So. Yeah, I, I and granted they 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 let you know Jarvis Landry go out the door and and Amari Cooper is going to wind up being the guy. I really thought the Jarvis Landry Amari Cooper combo could have been really something special, but the the Browns wind up you know getting away with one. Really, I mean they they didn't have to give up anything for a top tier receiver. I like this move. It's a smart play. They they wind up as the the number one there. It's going to cause uh, people's Jones have to grow up quick here. Yeah, it does. It does. I, I look at this move as as more of a what the hell were the Cowboys doing type of thing. I guess in my my situation, I, I see that that's how I see it. Um, Fair. What the hell were the Cowboys doing? Because they they wound up just giving them up for nothing, and we'll, obviously we'll we'll get back to that shortly here. But yeah, I, I like this move. I think it's I think it's a smart play for the Browns. Now. I have the my forgotten five AFC moves, and and I know number five you're going to love, Tyler. And and I want to you're going to tell me all about this guy. Fullback Patrick Ricard gets resigned by the Ravens, three years. It's just under four million dollars per year. He's one of the best fullbacks in football. What do you and, think? About and, and and beyond. Um, what a lot of people don't know is he also plays part time defensive tackle. The really? the the dude's a, a, a is a tank, and he. Um, he, he subs in on 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 some plays, plays defensive tackle for um when when needed, and and he and he plays the role well. And from a fullback perspective and a blocking perspective, he's one been one one of the best fullbacks in the league, if not the best. Uh, this contract makes him second highest paid, which puts him just behind um Kyle Uzcheck, which is which in a way with everything he does, I'm, I'm surprised that he didn't get, didn't get the highest paid. But I'm, I'm here for it, so in a way, it's kind of a discount. 
Yeah, yeah, he and it's a, it's a really good price. I mean, there are fullbacks out there that are usually getting paid four and a half, five million dollars a year. I've seen that. Ricard, I thought he was a playmaker for you guys last year. I, I really do think he was an absolute playmaker. It was it was just a smart move on your end, uh, and and really, you, you get a great fullback out of the situation. You get a great run blocker. We know the Ravens like to run that that yeah. you know unheavy scheme. Ravens have been one of the have been one of the last few teams to really utilize a fullback. Yeah, and maintain that position. A lot of teams have just eliminated that position. Uh, personally, I, I think that's kind of a silly move to to make. I, I really like the idea of of maintaining a fullback. I've always been a practitioner of it. I, I just like it a lot. So I'm I'm going to go ahead and say, yeah, the the um the, the fullback position is a is an important one. And Patrick Ricard was a steal. Number four goes to the Bengals signing offensive guard Alex Kappa to a four-year, $35 million deal that includes $20 million over the first two years, uh, $1 million in pro, dollars in, in Pro Bowl incentives each year. I like this move. I think Alex Kappa is a solid player. They, they wound up snagging him from the Bucks. The Bengals really make a smart move shoring up that interior offensive line. It's what they needed to do. They needed to go after the offensive line, and they've been going after it all throughout free agency. This is another great play by them, grabbing a guy who is defending Tom Brady, right? Absolutely. Bengals are, are putting, the, putting the money in the right places between Kappa and Collins. They're, they're doing what they need to do to keep their quarterback upright. Right, and they're, they're signing these guys to three- and four-year deal, deals. They're shoring them up throughout that contract that Joe Burrow has on his rookie deal. So they can they can get back to that Super Bowl and and really you know like a, there's a lot of people and and I know you've said it you know eighty percent and we've agreed on it eighty percent of the time you know they, they're not going to win those those playoff games that they won you know they're they're not there was just kind of some sort of stroke of luck there that they got into the, the Super Bowl and they they made it as far as they did you know this Alex Kappa deal I, I think that the Bengals are out to to shut the haters up and just go out there definitively and win. So, I mean, and they're making the moves to do that. That offensive line killed them, and I think it really killed them to see that the offensive line let them down on the very last play of the Super Bowl that that caused the uh, the incompletion over there to um, uh, Jamar Chase. So we're going to see how that offensive line works out, but I think Alex Kappa playing guard for them is going to be a huge upgrade on the interior offensive line. Uh, another guard in the same division, offensive guard James Daniels. He goes to the Steelers on a three-year, $26.5 million deal. He's only 24 years old, coming off of a 71 PFF grade. He's a former Chicago Bears guard. I, I like this move a lot for the Steelers. They needed to continue fixing that offensive line. They've been dealing the older parts away. They go out and sign a young guy here. I like this move. What do you think? I, it's 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 a nice small um quiet sign that things can go a long way. And you're gonna you're gonna see a major improvement in, in that offensive line. Yeah, I I like it a lot. I think it's it's a, a smart play. They they got away with one um here and and really you know like his first two years with the Bears or the the two years leading up to this this past season, not as great. But he's coming off of a huge year with the Bears. I think he's finally starting to get it. You got to remember this guy's young. He's going to develop. I think this is a smart signing by the Steelers here, getting themselves a good offensive guard. Uh, number three, and I know that you and number I number two, or I'm sorry, number two rather, and and you, I know you and I have likely have a differing opinion on this one. But linebacker Von Miller 
to the Buffalo Bills, six years, $120 million. I know he's older. I know we're, we're giving a, a six-year deal to a, a guy in his mid-30s here. But what I see is a player that was coming off of a Super Bowl year where he played tremendously. And the Bills are so tired of sitting in mediocrity. They had the cap space. They needed to make the move in order to improve their team as much as humanly possible. They went and lost Mario Addison. And then they went out and picked up Von Miller. I think this was a smart play, in my opinion, for a win-now situation. And I really don't think that at the end of this deal, he's going to wind up playing out the last three years. Do you? I mean, there's no way he can't the level he's playing at. I mean, he's, he, at the end of this deal, he's going to be 39. Right. Right. I know it. And, and I don't, that's why I'm saying I don't, think, I don't think he plays out the last three years of this deal. I mean, the last, and this is a backloaded deal. I don't think he plays out the last three years. They might have some dead money in it. But if, if the Bills win a Super Bowl and, and Von Miller goes out there and lights up the world, do you really think this deal stays as a bust? Well, no, at that point. But, I mean, if, if he plays those lesser, less use of those deals and, and you're paying a 38-year-old Von Miller $35 million, yeah. you, you have a problem. It becomes an issue. But I, I think right now, as it stands, the Bills are looking as, at a win-now situation. And I think they, they think Von Miller is going to elevate their defense to take them to that next level. So Von Miller to the Bills, I like the move. I know you're probably not a fan of it, but I like the move as far as a win-now situation. I think that the, this is the type of move that you make as the Buffalo Bills to try and get yourself into the Super Bowl, which is something that has eluded them in spite of some really good play um, over the course of the last uh, several years. And my number one move, and this might take you by surprise, cornerback DJ Reed to the Jets. Three years, $33 million. He's only 25 years old. They, they get him on a five-year deal. I, I like this 78.6 PFF grade, really solid corner, young guy. The Jets continuing to shore up that secondary. I like DJ Reed. What do you think about him? I like DJ Reed a lot. I, I think this is this is a very good sign by the Jets to get him at a, at a good dollar amount in a, in a long-term contract. But it's beginning to look like the Jets are, are starting to make moves that make sense. Yeah, they're starting to get it a little bit, aren't they? They are. Yeah, that's, that's one one of the things that, that we, we've been kind of crucifying the Jets for on this show for the last several years is, man, what the hell are these guys doing? This seems like a silly, dumbass move. What 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 are, What's this move for? Why'd you do that? What'd you do this for? And uh, DJ Reed, you know, this is one of those moves where you're like, hey, all right, you signed DJ Reed to a three-year contract. That's smart. So the, the Jets go out and make a smart play on a good corner, good defensive back. They, they wind up getting D.J. Reed. And those are my uh, forgotten five AFC moves. Now, Tyler, moving into the NFC, you have uh, your, your 10 favorite NFC moves so far. I do. And uh, start with number 10 is the signing of Allen Robinson to the Rams. This is why I know it's gonna. Have, it, it has a split split opinion on, by some people. Um, this past season, Allen Robinson wasn't anything great, but we, we also got to remember who was at helmet quarterback. Yeah, the I, year I, year prior when he had also shit at quarterback and was also and was still putting these thousand yard seasons. I think a lot of it has to do with attitude for Allen Robinson. To be perfectly honest with you, I think I think he got discouraged after a while being like, look, I, I don't like playing with this Justin Fields kid. I don't like playing with this Mitch Trubisky guy. I think he just got pissed off after a while. and was like, I'm going to, I'm, I'm getting the fuck out of here. He didn't want to be there. And I, and I think a lot of it was that I don't think he wanted to be there. I don't think he I liked think it's it. a big part of it. 
Yeah, and I don't. I think he just didn't give a shit after a while, and then it it showed in his play. It showed he did not give a shit. So you know, it, I don't like the signing because of you know him going to the Rams. I don't think he's going to be a good replacement for Robert Woods. I think Robert Woods is the better receiver, and I think Allen Robinson is an aging receiver. But I think Allen Robinson sees a situation where he's going to go to the Rams and get the the possibility of winning a Super Bowl, and that's what he wants. And. His, the contract itself I like just because you look at all the contracts that have gone out there. Um, his is a lot more reasonable than the ones we've seen. Yeah. Um, it, it's also right in the same neck, right in the same um category as what Woods' dollar amounts look like or uh, Beckham. Yeah. But the, but the fact of the matter is, is of, of all those three we're talking about, Allen Robinson is the youngest of the three. Yeah, I just don't think he's as versatile as a Robert Woods in this situation or Beckham for that matter. I I don't think Allen Robinson and that very well could be. I think Allen Robinson is is kind of a one dimensional receiver. He's kind of a one trick pony. I you know he can he can go out and catch the ball out wide, and that's great. But when you want to shift you know your receivers into the backfield and do all these tricky little things that Sean McVay likes to do, I don't think Allen Robinson's going to be capable of doing that. And maybe that's just me, but I I don't see it. And what are you going to do? You can start running, you know, Cooper Cup in those those uh, those Debo Samuel like packages. I. I I mean, he already kind of has, though. I, I think you might see a guy like Van Jefferson get pulled into more of those trick packages, too. And that might be the case, and and but you're not going to be able to do that with an Allen Robinson. You're just you're not. It, it, I just I don't buy that. I don't buy Allen Robinson. I'm just eh on him. The deal is okay, but I don't know if he benefits the Rams as much as the Rams believe he's going to benefit them. So we'll we'll have to see. But an aging Allen Robinson coming off a really bad year, eh, I don't know. I don't know. And I understand the Rams also were shedding Robert Woods because they they wanted to go ahead and, and uh, you know, get rid of the guy that has the injured ACL and OK. But I'm, I don't know. I'm not I'm not entirely sold on Allen Robinson. Maybe he'll turn it around, but we'll have to see. Number nine, the re-signing of Leonard Fournette. It feels like a very reasonable deal. It's a very reasonable deal. I, I like this deal a lot for the for the Bucks, and I, I think that they wind up getting their their top rusher back. I mean, it's what three years, correct? Mm-hmm. Yeah. So I mean, he. It's a good deal. I, I don't know if there was a market for Leonard Fournette outside of Tampa, because he I, he did go and, and t- test his options, and eventually and eventually comes back. Right. I I just don't think there was there was a market for Fournette. I I don't think there were any teams that that as far as I knew were really close to signing him or anything like that. And and some of this, I think, does have to do with Tom Brady. I mean, let's be real. But I also think that, that I, don't, I don't know, I don't think Fournette, a lot of people were probably looking at Leonard Fournette going, eh, we'll give you four, we'll give you five. And, you know, I don't, I don't think the market was there. And I, I don't know that he's going to be a lead back anywhere, really. I, I, I really think he's been sharing carries a lot with Ronald Jones over there in Tampa. I, I, I don't really buy Leonard Fournette as much as Leonard Fournette buys Leonard Fournette. And as much as a lot of other people buy Leonard Fournette. Eh. I mean, it's a good signing for the Bucks. I think they get their guy back that they that they were utilizing to the nine, and that's great. But I don't think the, the market was there for him going out in a free agency. So he winds up getting, what, seven a year, I think it was. Mm-hmm. So, it was it was okay. It was a good deal for the Bucks. Good deal for a running back. I mean, you he's I mean, you remember Melvin Gordon got eight. So that's that uh I think kind of says something about Leonard Fournette and what people think of him at this current moment. Number eight 
is the trade for Carson Wentz from the Commanders' favor. Yeah, uh, Commanders wind up getting Carson Wentz for next to nothing. They improved their quarterback situation. Wentz coming off kind of, I mean, we talked about this on the last show. Wentz coming off of an iffy year over there with the Colts, right? I And, and I know, mind your perspective on how his season went, a little bit different. Because you had Jonathan Taylor, you know, romping up and down the field. I, I get it. But from from an NFL perspective, from a, a team perspective, or how these, these, you know, general managers are looking at it, they see Carson Wentz in a situation where, eh, eh, he just wasn't that great. To me, I, I think he's a really good quarterback, and I think that in the right situation, he could be great. They're going to have to get him some more weapons in Washington. I, I think they, that's right. They do. And they're going to have to get him a new right guard in Washington. But just with just with the moves that Dallas is making and then Eagles being – kind of this in the weird, we don't really know what they are going to be. Um, having Carson Wentz, if they make the right moves, Washington could put themselves in the category. Right. And do you think Washington goes out into this uh, season and sits Carson Wentz for that, that snap count situation at some point? If they find themselves out of it, yeah. But I, I think yeah. um, with the way the NFC is, I, I think they could win this division. I think they could. I think there is a possibility with Carson Wentz at the helm. Like I said, new right guard, new receiver. I think we're ta- we're having a completely different conversation, you know. So, it, it's a good trade on the end of Washington. I I hope for their sake it doesn't turn into a second, because you know otherwise they're going to have to deal a second rounder and a third rounder, and then that trade kind of shifts to Indianapolis's favor. So we'll have to see how that works out. Number seven, Zadarius Smith. The uh, curious case of Zadarius Smith this off season. Yeah. You know, first of all, after all the the shit, you know, the the Ravens have put the Vikings through to to finally see my team pull one over on you guys makes me a happy camper. Well, see, I, I think it's might it's more that Zadarius Smith pulled one pulled one over than anything because like after he left, he backed out of the Ravens contract. He still had a couple teams that were had interest. The whole thing's kind of weird. I, I think because it, it was fine, and and I I think what happened was after he agreed to that contract, it was. It was there was two contracts that that happened like not long after it was Von Miller and it was I believe it was Chandler Jones. Yep. Um, two big deals happened. All of a sudden, I think um Smith's going whoa 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 I can get more, but then what ended up happening was is is a little bit weird. So I, he almost kind of put himself into a uh into a prove it deal in a way to where once he's done with this he can go and garner more of a Von Miller type contract. So in 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 turn it it sets up a, a very good. You, you, you end up with a very good pass rusher for, in a way, a discount. Yeah, the Vikings get away with one here because what, what they what they did is they they get – when they extended Kirk Cousins, the Vikings went into a, a very win-now situation. That's what it was. It was win-now. Either you win me a Super Bowl in the next two years or this Kirk Cousins extension is a bust. They, they went all in. Now, the Vikings have been very um, slow and methodical about how they're putting this team together for the upcoming season, which has been strange. But I think the Zadarius Smith move is, is a smart one. First of all, you got Zadarius Smith teamed up with Daniel Hunter at this point, which I think is just wonderful. I mean, you you know that's going to be a, a scary combo. You add the fact that they added Jordan Hicks on top of it. You have three great pass rushers on that in that front seven. So I'm I'm fired up for that. I think Zadarius Smith, they, they have him. I think he gets paid three point three per year, uh, or for this this starting year here for twenty twenty two. So it's a good discount for the Vikings to get him on a win now. 
And then if he doesn't perform, they do have an out for just $3 million in dead cap for the next season. So the Vikings do get, uh, get away with one here. I think this is a smart play. The way they've laid out his contract, he can get up to he can get forty two per year or forty two for the whole contract, and then he goes up to forty seven for the entirety of the contract with the incentives. I think Zedarius Smith's a great player, and I think he's going to be really great for this Vikings team as long as the Vikings do the right things and Quasi Adapo Mensa makes the right moves to go ahead and sign corners. I know they signed Chandon Sullivan recently, but they need more corners on this team in order to make this this uh, free agent pickup worthwhile otherwise you're just kind of pissing away a really good situation you you wanted to win now and you extended Kirk Cousins to win now and you went out and signed Zadarius Smith you made the right new move now you need corners to back him up otherwise you're going to see a repeat of 2020 where they were trotting a bunch of nobodies out there but um this contract itself was great and I think he's going to be a great compliment to Hicks and Kendricks I, I do I do think the Vikings really got this uh this front seven situation finally under control uh, for the first time in several years. And Zadarius Smith's going to wind up being a centerpiece of it. And I understand he's coming off of a back injury, but he's had his full surgery. He took all last season off. He's all healed up. He's ready to go. So we're going to see what he uh, accomplishes coming into Minnesota here. And the, and the one little thing here on, from like the, the Ravens contract perspective is I, I think another thing that happens is, and we've, and we've talked about the Ravens as a whole on this. I, I think when he wanted the, the contract change with all the Von Miller stuff, the one thing we know the Ravens to do is they don't overpay anything or budge with, I'll tell you what they want to do when it comes to linebackers. Right. Because they've been such a linebacker farm that they're, they're, they've always shown the willingness to, to go, you go do you, we'll replace you. Right. And, and so, they, I, so I think that's kind of, that kind of came in, into play a little bit too. Yep. Yeah, I think Zadarius Smith and, and – the offer that the Ravens gave him, I think it was $35 million and it went up to 50 with incentives. I think it, it really, for him, it, it lowered his ceiling, but it raised his floor, which is what I, I think he was kind of looking at, you know, because his floor is going to be 42 with the Vikings as opposed to 35 with the Ravens. So he, he really didn't have to bank on himself so much. He, he gets the floor raised and, and automatically winds up with 42. So, right. It, it, it winds up okay for him, and and he he sacrificed a few million dollars to have about about three million dollars to have seven million more on his floor, so for his base salary. So smart play on his end. But the Vikings go ahead and they they pull their guy. I, I thought this was a smart play, especially with with you know Daniel Hunter's situation, and the Vikings did have to restructure Daniel Hunter in order to make the cap space for Zadarius Smith among other mm-hmm. players. So. We're going to see how, how that all plays out, too. But, yeah, I like this move a lot. I thought it was awesome. Number six, and a guy that's made me eat my words, and I've, I've, I've admitted it, and, I'm, and here I am double-downing and supporting him here, but the uh, generous contracts by what was a red-hot James Conner last yeah. season. He goes and, and re-signs with the Car- Cardinals three years, $21 million, just knocks it out of the park i i like this uh so he came alive like midway through the season and he goes and steals the starting job <laughs> from chase edmonds he just mm-hmm. stole it right out from so, under. so the, the the whole year's stats aren't going to look sexy but if, if you look at when he really started to play it's it's impressive yeah i agree i i thought he um 
he knocked it out of the park with, with the Cardinals. It makes a whole lot of sense. This deal does. I mean, he's, I, I know you weren't a fan of him before this, but judging by your fantasy scores, I, I think you were a big fan of him uh, after the fact, right? Did me a lot of favors. <laughs> so he's, he gets it done. I, I like this deal. I thought the Cardinals really, uh, really rocked this one. So yeah, I'm, I'm with you here. Number five, the re-signing of Aaron Rodgers. And it's low only because of the dollar amount, but it was the right call. I don't like this move. I don't. And you know how I feel about, about quarterbacks and their contracts. And I understand Aaron Rodgers, and we've, we've talked about Aaron Rodgers very highly on this show. He's, he's obviously a guy that's going to elevate his team. He's obviously a guy that's going to make iffy players look great. But I see $50 million a year. And I'm over here going, ooh, I don't know how I feel about that. That's, you know, it's an iffy contract to me. I don't know. A lot of money. Yeah, especially for a guy that's trying to win a Super Bowl. I mean, like, like he he wants to win another Super Bowl. This team has been to NFC Championship games and divisional rounds and, you know, over and over and over again. They make it to the playoffs and they're either one and done's or they're they're two and done's. And, and it, it's just they haven't made a Super Bowl since, you know, for a decade now. It's it's one of those things where I, I just, I can't buy this. I can't. No quarterback has won a Super Bowl in the last 30 years with a quarterback making over 13% of the salary cap. And and for all you people out there, and I'm going to just real quick before, before I, I hear some bullshit, for all you people out there that are saying, well, uh, the, the Rams, they, they won the Super Bowl when they had Matt Stafford making 20 and they were still paying Jared Goff's money. Let me just stop you right there because the Rams also gave up four years of first-round draft picks to supplement that. So cut the bullshit. The reality is that Aaron Rodgers' contract currently is the reason why Devontae Adams got traded. I mean, that's that's what it is at the end of the day. Aaron Rodgers got signed to his deal. Devontae Adams went out the door. I mean, I and I don't think Aaron Rodgers. I like Aaron Rodgers a lot, but as far as a, a player goes, as a human being, he's a you know human excrement. But well, I digress. I as a player, I think Aaron Rodgers is a great player. But is he worth basically? I mean, I feel like they mortgage their future just to have him around, and I don't think he's going to take him to the promised land like they believe. I think you're going to see a lot more Packers in the playoffs getting eliminated, Pat, and everybody says, "Oh, you're gonna, you just got to make the tournament." No, you don't just have to make the tournament; you actually have to win. So I, I don't, I don't buy this signing. Fifty million dollars a year—it's a lot of money, like you said, just to be, you know, just for that one player, and you, you just lost, you know, Devonte. They're gonna have to make a move for receivers, and whether or not they go with a shotgun approach going into the first round of the draft, because they now do have for two firsts. That might be what they got to do and just say, bang, bang, two high-end first-round number one receivers, you know, whether it be Jamison Williams or, you know, Drake London or Sky Moore or whomever, Chris Olave, but you're, you're, you got to get weapons for this man now. They, they don't have a choice. So I, and, and they also still need a linebacker now that they let Zedaria Smith go out the door. So there are questions there. I don't like this signing. I, I really don't. I'm not a fan. Number three, I'm sorry, number four, um, the uh, Hassan Riddick 
exciting. Yeah. Three years, 45 million. He gets 30 million fully guaranteed, and he can make up to 49 and a half. It's a good signing. I mean, Hassan Reddick is, is a good player. He obviously led the league in sacks a couple years ago, it, quietly, too. Really took both you and I by surprise that he had led the league in sacks, and then we were like, oh, can he do it again? And then this past year, he went and did it again. Um, he didn't lead the league in sacks, but he had a great year. But he's very close. I mean, yeah, he's had the most sacks in the league over the last three seasons combined, I believe. Yeah, it was it was a good a good season for him. I, I think this is a smart play, really great signing. I like Hassan Reddick. I, I really do. I, I think he's he's really found his game recently. This this is a good move by the um, Eagles here, and they they wind up just knocking it out of the park. I, I I like this. This was this was a really solid move for a good pass rusher that they needed, and and you know, and also in Eagle Land, just throwing this out there. They re-signed Derek Barnett and Fletcher Cox too, so so think about that. Derek Barnett, Fletcher Cox, and Hassan Reddick all in the same front seven. I mean that's that's a, a scary group if you ask me. So I mean Harley. Yep, I think that's that's really strong <laughs> to say the least. So this is a smart play by the Eagles. Number three, the re-signing of Matt Stafford. Very good signing because Matt Stafford took a lesser dollar amount because he wants to run it back and he wants to win it again. I like this signing. I really do. And and a lot of people like a lot of people are like, oh, well, you, you don't like the Aaron Rodgers extension, but the money is way different here. The money is significantly different. Yeah. So Matt Stafford, he went out and took a Tom Brady deal so he could go out and, and win now. I, I thought that was just brilliant. I, I I like it a lot. This this is a uh, a smart move. They they wind up getting their quarterback back over there in L.A. and and I mean they they would have had him anyway, but getting him on an extension now you've got him for what I think it's another four years. So I like it. Get a Super Bowl winning quarterback. Yeah, it's, smart it's, play. It was the right move. Yeah, definitely the right move. It, it helps set up the Rams for the future in a situation where they don't have much of a draft future. Right, and and really, I mean. I don't think they have a draft pick until what 2025 is it for the first round? Yeah. Something like that. Yeah. So, I mean, that's, <laughs> they needed to do it. I mean, they're not going to get one in the 2023 strong quarterback draft class. You know, that's not going to happen. They, they pitched their wagon to Matt Stafford. They might wind up having some down years moving forward. And then and probably after, probably just after this year, they're going to start kind of declining a little bit, but I mean, I thought it was smart getting Matt Stafford locked down for, for this year and, you know, a couple of years to come there. Number two, the loot that Seattle received for Russell Wilson. God, what a stupid amount. God damn. Just the draft picks alone make it really good. But then and ignoring Locke, Locke's an irrelevant factor in this today. He's, he's, a, he's a third best quarterback in the team. <laughs> I think Locke is better than Geno Smith, but Geno uh, Smith played very well when he came in reserve last year. We we both know that. Yeah, I, I think Locke is better than Geno Smith, but I digress. Shelby Harris and Noah Fant were the the Noah Fant's the big one. Yeah, both those put put them over the edge, and then you know getting the all the first rounders and the second rounders and all that's just it, it was obnoxiousness, absolute obnoxiousness. The amount that Seattle walked away with in this trade, you know. 
I think that that Russ Wilson is beat to hell, and I don't expect him to be very good in Denver. And maybe I'm just uh, among the, I, I guess the the minority here, but I, I just I don't expect him to do really well in Denver. So I think Seattle realized that Russ Wilson is hurt and he's declining and his body's beat to hell and let's just get him out of here. I think he's deteriorating. And and Seattle and, and that's and that's very well possible. I, Russ didn't have a very good year last year, and injury or not. And he he did have a hand injury and whatever the case, but even before the hand injury, he was a little questionable. I don't think he's – and granted, he's going to a Denver team that has a lot of weapons over there and a, a solid defense. And, I mean, I, I do think he could has, – he has the possibility of, of um, developing those young receivers. Jerry Judy is still over there. Tim Patrick just got signed to a new deal. Cortland Sutton is still the man over there technically. I mean, this, this could be a, a positive thing. Javante Williams, another good weapon. They're going to need to get a tight end for that team again. But, you know – I, don't, I think he could elevate those guys, but it's going to require Russ Wilson to look like the old Russ Wilson. And I don't know that he's going to be capable of that. We're, we're going to have to see if if he's going to come back to life here and he's going to figure it out or if this is just going to be one big stupid mess. So we're going to find out. But Russ Wilson, you know, he goes over to uh, to Denver and, and uh, you know, I, I'm I'm not entirely sold on on this for Denver. Now, if Russ Wilson does what Russ Wilson does, do you think Russ Wilson can lead Denver to a Super Bowl? If Russ Wilson does, Russ Wilson does hundred percent. Yeah, that's kind of where I'm at. I, I think it, but I I just feel like he's deteriorated at this point. I, I don't think he's there. I don't think he's ready for it. So maybe that's just me. And number one, what's gonna it's a little little more underrated, but this in the grand scheme of things, what a move. The trade for Shaq Mason from the Bucks perspective. Solid move. Holy like hell. It. Yeah. Young yeah. O lineman for nothing and that you're gonna be you're gonna be able to re-sign to a long term deal. This goes well beyond Tom Brady's life in, in, in Buccaneer land. Yeah, I, I think the Shaq Mason trade makes a lot of sense. Um, it, it's, I mean, obviously he's one of the best offensive linemen out there. They, I mean, they only gave up a 2022 fifth round pick to get him. So, you know, this is an A plus 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 here. Um, the the question for that a lot of pundits have been asking, especially over in Patriot Land, is what I ask all the time when I see silly shit: is what the fuck are we doing here? Yeah, that's that. That was the. It was such a bad trade. It feels like collusion, even though I know it's not. Yeah, it, it does feel like collusion. It it feels as though like, you know, somebody is is um taking advantage of the other, or either that, or or Bill Be- Billy Belly is just sitting there going, "Here you go, buddy. Here you go. Take them. <laughs> just helping helping Tom get one more. I I don't know. It's a it's a great play. Shaq Mason, good player, and um. Yeah, you know, Tom Brady winds up getting his O-line all fixed. I think a lot of it also had to do with, uh, I, I believe it was the, um, it wasn't the Ali Marpet uh, situation. I forget the the lineman that uh, Duvernay uh, going in and retiring. So I think a lot of it had to do with that. But uh, yeah, we'll we'll see. We'll see how, how Mason winds up in, in Tampa, but I think he's going to be just fine over there. Obviously. Oh, yeah. Oh, he's, yeah. And they're going to, so, like it's a re-signing for the long term. Yep. Before you get into your five, mm. 
I have some breaking news. Well, do we? That biasly, I'm calling the greatest breaking news in 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 outside Blitz history. Oh God. You ready? This better be good. I promise. I I promise that there's that I have the utmost confidence that you will agree with me. Okay. Detroit will be hosting the 2024 NFL Draft. Oh shit! That is awesome. Yeah, baby. Tyler looks like we're going to the draft in 2024. Bank it, baby. Woohoo! Yeah. That's exciting. I'm going to go to draft day. Detroit Lions uh, Twitter broke the news about 20 minutes ago. Woohoo! Yeah. All fired up. All fired up. Yes. Tyler, we're going to draft. That is draft. incredible. We don't even have to go out of town for that shit. I, I almost, um, I, I saw it about five minutes ago. I almost stopped doing my own top 10 for it. Bro, we got we to gotta find out how to get tickets. Shit, this is going to be we'll, crazy. We'll, we'll, we'll have to keep ourselves on, on, the, on the pulse there. Oh, my good Lord. That's exciting. That is exciting news. All right. Got me all fired up now. I'm all excited. So, um, Tyler, man, I, that, that is <laughs> that That really has got my heart pumping now. So, um, Forgotten five NFC uh, moves. I have five that I, I really think that that uh, people are not particularly talking about, but I think they're really special moves. And and one of them really was super quiet, and, and this is my number five one. I think this is a great move by Washington, especially considering that they just lost Brandon Scherf. The signing of offensive guard Andrew Norwell. He goes and signs That's a good one. That's a really good one. I think it fills that role. Andrew Norwell's been really good his entire career. I don't understand why more people weren't looking at him and considering him. Just seems silly that people were just ignoring Andrew Norwell out of nowhere. But he can play guard. He can play center. He's really a good offensive lineman, a really good off interior guy. I like this move a lot. I think it's smart. They haven't released the details of the contract. It fills the void there, though. Um, number four is one guy and, and I'm, you can say I'm a little biased, but at the same time we're, it's the Vikings losing a guy. So, uh, safety Xavier Woods, he signs with the Panthers three years, 15.75 per year. Uh, Woods had himself a good year last year. And I think this is a really reasonable amount for that caliber of safety. I mean, five, two, five per year for, for a really good safety. I like this move a lot. I think it's a smart play for for uh, um, the Panthers. There, don't you? A hundred percent. It's a yeah. it's a it's a big move for them. Yeah, that's a smart play. Um, number three goes with running back Rashad Penny resigning with the Seahawks on a one year deal, five point seven five per year. He blew up at the end of last year. Yes, he did. Yes, he did. And they got and they're bringing him back for cheap. Yeah. Um, and I want to see what this is. Obviously, it's one year. It's five, seven, five. It's it's a prove it deal. But if if he goes off again for the entire season and stays healthy, because that's been a big problem with Rashad Petty. Um, if he blows up again for a whole 16 weeks, dude, that five point seven five million dollar deal will turn into a five year, you know, 15 million dollar year contract, I think, for the, the mm -hmm. season. Agreed. So they made the right move getting him on that cheap deal 
uh, for, for this upcoming season. Number two, a really, really quiet one, but, you know, and a lot of people are going to go, what the hell? But I'm going to put it out here anyway. Safety Anthony Harris resigns with the Eagles on a one-year, $2.5 million deal. Um, Harris, technically speaking, last season came off a down year, but his down year was a 61 overall PFF grade. I like Anthony Harris a lot. He was a stud when he was with the Vikings. $2.5 million a year is nothing. That's chump change for the Eagles. I like this signing a lot. What say you? It's 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 a good quiet deal. I think makes a lot of sense. It's very cheap deal. It, it, I think it makes a lot of sense for them. It does. It's it's and because it was so cheap, they're getting a starter for cheap. I like this. I like that move a lot. And last but not least, and and so this guy had a really rough couple of years with his prior team. <clears throat> then he went out and got signed by the Packers, and he had a really great year with them last year. And that's linebacker Devondre Campbell. He re-signed with the Packers on a five-year, $50 million deal. I like Devondre Campbell. And I think the, the he has under, finally understands what he's doing, you know, with, and especially in that Packers scheme. I think he gets it. So I, I like this move. I think it's smart. Devondre Campbell comes back to the Packers. I know that they sent Zadarius Smith out the door, probably because he was out last year with the, the back injury. but. You know, Devondre Campbell. This is a smart move by the pack. I think. I I agree. I, I think it's 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 a good signing by them. It's going to help help them sure 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 up that team as best as they can with the little bit of money they have. Yeah, and they only got him. They they got him on a pretty cheap deal. Ten million per year is is not a huge deal for Devondre Campbell and the way he's been playing for them. So I like that move a lot. And those are my five best moves out of the NFC. Um, now. Tyler, we're going to jump into a quick break here. Uh, we're going to have one more break, and then we're going to do our worst worst moves and our best remaining free agents. So we will be, be home free. Yep, and then we'll be out of here. So we'll be right back right here on the Outside Blitz. At It's Your Time Massage, you get all the benefits of one of the larger massage chain parlors, but in a more intimate and personal setting. With four years' experience, massage therapist and owner Amanda Yata's goal is to help people in a natural way, offering Swedish deep tissue, pregnancy, aromatherapy, and sports massages. You will feel better and have more energy in just one hour. It's Your Time Massage is offered in-home, Amanda's or yours. With the rates ranging from $55 to $130, you get professional quality at an affordable rate. Contact Amanda today at 313-686-4347 or online at iytmassage.com. It's your time massage, a natural way to improve your well-being. Ladies and gentlemen, ladies and gentlemen, are you ready? And welcome back, ladies and gentlemen, to the Outside Blitz. Um, I'm your host, fabulous one, Scotty Freytown, along with Tyler Dean here. And man, Tyler, we're just we are still um, just marinating in that that news of the draft coming to Detroit. <laughs> yeah, you always got to calm down a little bit because it's still two years away, but it's it's what, exciting, dude, very exciting. That got me all excited. Got me all excited. Got my my stomach doing hula hoops around my ass here. I'm I'm fired up now. All fired up. Golly. 
because you know we were we were talking about oh Detroit will never you know host a draft we're gonna have to leave town we're gonna have to go to Kansas City or Tennessee or wherever and then it, it just happened so we out of nowhere didn't even know they were in the running right so we might we might just be in a situation where we don't have to go on a full ass road trip which would be just thrilling <laughs> we, should, we should just wear GoPros on our head and that'll be the show yeah yeah <laughs> Very, very exciting. I'm fired up for it. NFL draft. I mean, bro, bro, that that's exciting stuff. So, Tyler, we are in the midst of the top 10 takeover. Obviously, we've got two more categories here for our free agency stuff. The uh, worst five moves for Tyler's top 10, I, I believe, is uh, next on the list. Am I correct? Yep, the worst. I got my worst 10. Okay, hit me with those worst 10. Number 10, the re-signing of Mike Williams to the Chargers. Now, let me make it perfectly clear. I like Mike Williams. I think Mike Williams is going to be a big future piece to this Chargers team. I, I just think for what he's done, it, it feels like an overpayment. Yeah, it's a, it's a big overpayment for a guy that, that about midway through the season, it was about six or seven games, just disappeared. I, I, and, I mean, he was gone. There was nothing going on. The, the man started out hot. And then his stats just died off. His numbers died off. He wasn't doing anything for him. And then, you know, last two games, he looked good again. But I was not entirely sold on on Mike Williams. I thought this was just a really big reach on a deal. He should not be getting paid $20 million a year. I could see 15 16 a year, but $20? That's uh, a reach. Not a fan of this move. Not a, not a big fan. I like Mike Williams. I think he's a, a number two receiver, and that's about where he is. I don't see him as some big upside number one. I don't think he'll ever he'll ever be the number one over there. I, I'm not sold on this move. I agree with you. This is a bad one. Number nine, the uh, contract for uh, Taron Armstead. I know he was listed as the number one overall free agent, and rightfully so. Mm-hmm. I just think with the years and the dollar amount, I, I think this is one where they're going to end up regretting this in the in the back backer ends of the of his contract. Yeah, five years, seventy five million. <clears throat> it's a bit of a, a reach. I mean, at the same time, he's getting paid fifteen, uh, fifteen per year, and and I I think a lot of people are going to take a look at this and go, oh, you know, this was this was a, uh, a smart move. I don't know. I, I'm not entirely sold on it either. It it, it seems like kind of a, a questionable move on uh you know on on the the end of the the dolphins here i mean he is coming off of a year where he had a 75.9 pff grade he had an 85.6 pass blocking grade so i mean i i think they're just kind of looking to defend tua more than anything uh he is 30 years old five-year deal so he's going to take him to 35 i understand that the the you know the linemen kind of have a tendency to last longer this is probably the last contract of his career, right? I mean, oh yeah, I think that this this will probably take him to the finish line. But I don't know. I, I'm not sold on this either. I agree with you. You know, prior to that, I mean, he had good years prior to that. You know, in 2020 and 2019, so he's been good for them. I just don't know that the dollar amount really adds up. I'm kind of with you there. The, the years and the dollar amount. You were waiting for that moment when he starts declining. If he does, we'll find out. But you know, we'll we'll see how it works out. But at least for this season, they're getting a guy that can protect to his blind side, which is kind of the big thing. Or, you know, whatever whoever winds up being their quarterback down there. Right. Uh number eight, the uh 
re-signing of Max Crosby. Now, hear me out. I like Max Crosby. Max Crosby had himself a legendary year. But the contract they gave him, I feel like, especially considering that before this year, he didn't perform anywhere close to what he just did. Right. You're you're paying him significant dollars um, for for the future based on one season. It's a massive deal based on on a single season. I agree with you. If you look at how the contract is laid out, it, it turns into a good year, a good deal for the first two years, and and the cap hit is actually pretty reasonable for the first three years. You're looking at six, twenty, and twenty one. And and then you have a, a you know it says potential out after 2025 it would be a three year deal for him at that point and they only eat 5.2 in dead cap so I mean it, it's a, a smart play as far as that goes you know if he doesn't perform up to snuff in the next couple of years then hey you know it's time to go the he, right now technically speaking for this first year of his deal he's playing on on his rookie contract still I'm surprised yes. realistically. I'm surprised that they didn't, you know, put more into this year and dump more of his salary into this year just to, you know, kind of, you know, ease the pain going, you know, later on in the contract, you know, because I mean, cap hits are 2021, 20, 24, 24. I, I would have probably in this year, he's only getting paid is his cap. It's only 6.6. So why wouldn't you take at least Five from one year and five from the other year, plunk it into this season and and have the guy get paid $16 million. You know, like it, it just, that seems senseless. I don't like the way it's laid out, but I, I, and he played at a high level this past season. I want to see if he can, and maybe this is a development situation. Maybe, maybe he did develop into, you know, something special. We got to remember he's only 24 years old, mm -hmm. but. I, I don't know. No, I, he he with, could very easily have me eat those words. I just I look at I, I look at it. From, he's one for three. Right. I agree. I agree. He's one for three. Maybe he figured it out. Who knows? We're we're gonna we're gonna see. But ultimately, I I understand where you're coming from as far as this being a bad deal because that was a giant deal based on one year. Um, I wouldn't have given him that kind of money for for one year. So I I'm with you here. I agree. Number seven. The extension slash lack of trade and value surrounding Kirk Cousins. Yeah, um, the Vikings they they were kind of uh, they they're dancing this line. They they're calling this this uh, thing that they're doing. They're calling it a competitive rebuild, is what they're calling this. And I don't know that there's any such thing. I feel like that's just like a, an oxymoron at this point. I, I think it's really yeah because dumb. You, you can't kick cans down the road and then you call that a rebuild. You're 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 just actually delaying the rebuild. Right, and and they're they're just at a certain point they needed to rip the bandaid off. I thought early on in free agency, like a lot of people are seeing, like Matt Ryan get traded and things are going. Oh, well, look, Matt Ryan only got traded for a third. You were going to dump Kirk Cousins for a third. No, 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 no. Kirk Cousins early on in free agency could have garnered big returns. And and once teams, once that quarterback market started drying up, teams started just selling off players. And, and that's what it turned into. I don't believe that this Kirk Cousins extension is a smart extension. I really don't. I think this is a bad extension. The Vikings go into win-now mode. And then they fail to develop their team into a win-now situation. You still need a number one corner in Minnesota, folks. We still need an outside linebacker. We still need a right guard. 
you know, we, we still need these things. And, and the Vikings have not done anything to, to fix the situation. Now, I understand that there have been some pretty moves on defense, but we still need corners. Kirk Cousins being extended uh, is, is great, but it, it saved us $14 million in cap space, but then wound up still leaving us $2 million in the hole. We're kicking Harrison Smith's contract down the road now with void years. We kicked Adam Thielen's contract down the road with void years. We go and kick Daniel Hunter's contract down the road with void years. And and there are other guys that we can do that to, but and you had you had Kirk's void years. So now you're you're looking at $25 million in dead cap for no reason at all. I think there's a lot of banking on the cap going up. I think there's a lot of a lot of people that believe that that the cap is going to go up to 250 million in the next two years and that might very well be with the inflation and con you know new new tv deals and whatever else but i i don't buy this i feel like it it completely negates the opportunity to have a quarterback on a five-year deal that is um a rookie five-year deal that is has full team control you know like it just it defeats the purpose the purpose is to have a rookie quarterback on a five-year deal that is full team control that's the whole point. So I feel like they're kind of wasting the opportunity um, in this extension. I didn't like the extension. I thought they could have gotten a haul back for him and walked away with, with you know, a really nice takeaway here. So I, I just, I agree with you. This was a waste of an extension. They should have traded him when they had the chance, saved the cap space, and moved forward. But when now they're in win-now mode. So if the Vikings don't win a Super Bowl in the next two years, it's a bust. I've said this on this show. I've said it to you off the air. I've said it to, to Alex and Ray and Andrew off the air. And that's what I believe it is. Win now or it's a bust. So I'm, I'm with you here. Number six, the Tyreek Hill trade from the Dolphins side. Yeah, Dolphins gave up the farm for Tyreek Hill, but they suddenly have also put themselves in a win now situation as well. Um, they, they mortgage their future. And they believe that Tua Tungavailoa or Teddy Bridgewater or whoever's going to wind up being the quarterback over there is the one to bring him to the promised land. They they got the weapons. I mean, Will Fuller obviously didn't work out over there, but I mean, they still have Devontae Parker and they, they still have Jalen Waddell over there and, and they have all these players. So now they got Tyreek Hill over there. Um, I, I agree. I think this is a, a silly move. Um, they, they, they really sold a lot of parts off to go and get this guy. I, I don't, I don't understand that, especially after the Adams trade, they should have taken a, <clears throat> a, a note out of the Adams trade and said, Oh, you know, I could, I could give up something reasonable a first and a second to go and get Tyree kill. But then not only did they give up the farm, but then they extended him for all those years for that such big money. So yeah, I think Miami kind of got hosed on this one, but I mean, in their mind, they're in win now mode. So that's, that's what they're going to try and do with the, like I said before, quarterback on a cheap rookie deal, five years to a tongue of Eloa. So that's kind of what their move is. But I didn't like this trade at all. Number five, and we talked about it on the other side, but um, it's on on mine. Um, the Von Miller, um, signing is for me. It's, it's the it's the long, longevity of the contract. Yeah, the longevity was was questionable for me. I don't know that he's going to wind up playing out the rest of that contract. I think he retires with those three years left on the deal. Um, I think a lot of it was the dead money. I think the reason they made it so long, and it might, it could be, is that they, they're going to be able to spread that signing bonus that he got over that six years. 
And I think that's what they were thinking about. They didn't want to kill themselves cap wise, but they wanted to be able, it's almost like adding void years on the back of the deal. You know, mm-hmm. it almost turns those last three years or last two years or however long he's going to play into void years. I think Von Miller, they feel like as a guy that's going to put them over the edge. So for a win now scenario, it makes sense. But, you know, down the line, I really don't see Von Miller playing until he's 39 years old. But maybe that's just me. I think they're going to have him through his mid-30s, and that's going to be about it. So, um, But it, it's going to suck that they're going to have to eat those void years at the end of it. But it might make it more manageable. So we'll see how Von Miller's contract shakes out. But I think it's more of a win-now thing than anything. Number four, the Deshaun Watson trade from the Browns side. Yeah, the uh, another. I think they gave up a lot for yeah. for um, he's gonna get to have some suspension, and by the time he plays, we're talking he's missed a full training camp, a full year, and it's gonna be another half of a year here. Um, what shape is Deshaun Watson still in? We don't know. Yep. Um, it's it's a um. They sold the farm for potentially magic beans in this situation. You don't know what Deshaun Watson's got. He's missed all this time. And then he winds up, you know, obviously these these criminal charges are still pending now. This Tony Busby guy is not going to lay off. Um, he's he's going to wind up going in front of the Supreme Court again and, and you know, try and, and get him nailed to the wall one way or another. Um we don't even know if, if Deshaun Watson's going to be found like not guilty or anything like that. We, we don't know. We don't know if those charges are going to be dis- dismissed in this other county. We, we, we have no idea. But what we do know is that, that um, if he does wind up going to prison, they're not going to have a quarterback. And they'll have sold the farm for a guy that goes to prison. So it's a risky situation, and we don't know how it's going to shake out. There's a long – got a long way to go until the NFL season. Um, obviously, you know – I mean, think about it. You you've got April, May, June, July, and August. I mean, you got damn near six months, five and a half right now. So you got to hope in the next six months that something doesn't doesn't happen where where they go. Oh well, tough shit. You're going to prison. So we'll we'll see how that works out. But Roger Goodell, like you said, might might wind up suspending it. We we don't know how this is going to go or how it's going to shake out. It's a big risk to be giving up three first round draft picks. And then also maintaining Baker Mayfield on your roster on top of it. I mean, that's an iffy situation. So we'll find out. But, yeah, I think they gave up way too much. You know, they, they like I said, they may have sold the farm for Magic Beans there. Number three, the Russell Wilson trade from the Broncos side. Yeah, Broncos, we, we talked about it earlier. They gave up too much. Um, we don't know what kind of shape Russ Wilson is in. He, he could be. Could be just just smashed to hell, and and you know the the Seattle Seahawks may have sold them a lemon. You know we, we don't know they they may have used Carsman sailed them way their way into a um you know a, a monstrous amount of draft picks, and that that could be what it is. That's but, definitely going to be one where time will tell. Yeah, we we don't know uh, what kind of shape Russ Wilson is in. We'll see what he does this upcoming season because if Russ Wilson winds up you know falling apart this season. We're going to know that Seattle took them for everything. But even then, Seattle got a got a haul from that whole situation. And I really do think that they're looking to the draft for their future quarterback. So we'll see. We'll see how it works out in Seattle or for Denver. But I think Denver really gave up too much for a guy like Russ Wilson, who's an aging, beat up, 
kind of breaking down type of quarterback right now. Number two, trading away Matt Ryan. Falcons didn't get anything for him. And and on top of that, they're eating the cap hit. I mean, they're they're taking it right on the chin. I mean, I mean that that's just what it is. There's like they're, they're in a rush to get rid of him for no for no good reason. Yeah, I think this year the Falcons understand know and understand that they they are not going to be competitive this year. But I mean, at the same time, I got to kind of commend the Falcons because even though they're taking it on the chin this year, and even though they're in a situation where they didn't get much for him, it it winds up. Um, they have the understanding that they are in a rebuilding situation. They get that. And they're ripping the Band-Aid off and going to it. That's something that Minnesota wasn't willing to do. Tear the fucking Band-Aid off and go to it. And um, that's that's something that Atlanta's going to – they're willing to do, and they're going to have to go for it. So – and, and it, it's going to suck, especially because you got Kyle Pitts on that rookie deal that you might be pissing away. Who knows? But you got four years of it left, so they better figure it out and figure it out quick and figure out how to rebuild this team. After this year, 40 plus million dollars in cap space comes off the books. So, Falcons will have some wiggle room to start rebuilding their football team. But in the meantime, obviously this year is going to be a down year for the uh, old Atlanta Falcons. And number 1, we talked about it briefly 2 weeks ago, but the sheer contract size of the signing of Christian Kirk. Oh. What a mess. And I still stand by I like Christian Kirk. Just what? not for twenty million. What a goddamn mess. That's what it was. It's like Jacksonville's like, oh, we got money, just just go spend it. Don't yeah. care, spend it. It was a mess. An absolute mess. I, I don't understand why or how the, they would would give that kind of money up. I don't get it. I don't. It's just I I can't I can't fathom that. It doesn't make sense. None. It makes no sense. You know, I I just uh, I don't 84 million dollars for a number 3 receiver that hasn't broke a thousand yards? What? What are we doing here? It, it, it's not, it doesn't not there's not a single part of it that makes sense. Yeah. And and they they had uh uh you know, it's like they had this money burning a hole in their pocket, and they just said, ah, fuck it, and yep. just went out and, and started dropping money every which way. Christian Kirk is not going to be good for this football team. I, I don't <laughs> I don't get it. Makes no sense. Um, now, Tyler, I've got the worst five moves on my end here. Now, the first one I'm going to talk about is, is my number five, the Amari Cooper trade. We've talked about this ad nauseum on this show already. Um, the Cowboys got raped in this trade, right? I, I mean, we, yes. we talked about that. They got absolutely raped in this trade. That was my number five. Um, but my number, my number four goes to the Aaron Rodgers extension. Um, I, I, and I, I talked to you about this already. I believe that the Aaron Rodgers extension was silly nonsense. It was silly bullshit. They, they, they're going to wind up giving up a quarter of their cap space for this one player, and they're going to have to hope that they're going to get some some studs in this draft after they went and pissed away Devontae Adams. They're going to be going into this draft needing help, 
I don't know. Rodgers is one of those quarterbacks that, that can turn nobodies in, into superstars, but they're going to have to rely on that to be anything decent. Right. And I, I think Aaron Rodgers, you know, if you you brought him back and I think feel like once they got him locked down, they said, OK, well, we don't have to worry about pissing him off again because we locked him down. So fuck him. And they, they just sent their number, his number one weapon out the door. And um, they 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 burned him in a way. I mean, they they really did. So we'll see what they do in the first round with these first two draft picks. For Rogers' sake, I, I would hope that they were going to go out and get a receiver, right? You think? Yeah. They're going to need it. Maybe even two. I mean, who knows? I mean, I would be going to the first round of that draft and receivering it up right away. Um, number two comes in the Cam Robinson franchise tag from the Jaguars. You know, you're paying a lot of money to Cam Robinson. Um, for a guy that really didn't do much to protect Trevor Lawrence last year, um, he's not a good offensive tackle. He he hasn't been good for quite some time. They give him the franchise tag. Obviously, they got to pay the average of the top five, and that's a lot of money mm-hmm. for a guy that hasn't performed well. So Cam Robinson getting the franchise tag from the Jags is my number three. Uh, number two goes to, and, and my number two and number one are both Chicago bear worthy moves here. Um, number five is Dakota Dozier getting signed by the bears. Why in the hell does Dakota Dozier have a job in the NFL? Why? I don't, I, I'm not sure. Why? This is a weird signing. What is the point you're signing to get? And especially if they start him. Oh my God. Dakota Dozier is terrible. He is god-awful. He was legitimately, I shit you not, statistically, he was legitimately the least awesome right guard. He was the worst right guard in all of football two years ago. And last year, he was right near the bottom of the league, too. Dakota Dozier should not be on a professional football team. He is the worst. I don't understand it. It makes no sense. So Dakota Dozier getting signed by the Bears. And last but not least was the Bears side of the Khalil Mack trade. And I know we've talked about this already, but the, the Bears side of the Khalil Mack trade was a nasty one. Um, they they give up a two and a six, but then they eat a bunch of the cap space on top of it for this year. Or they get a two and a six, rather. They eat four times the cap space of, of what they saved. Right. It, it just didn't make sense. Um, I, I didn't, I, you know, I know Ryan Poles is just trying to rip the Band-Aid off again, and but it, it's not, it didn't really do him any good. And they, they lost a pass rusher, they ate a bunch of cab space, and then they only got a two and a six for a premier pass rusher in this league. Eh, I'm not sold. I'm not sold on this move. I thought it was a bad play. It was a bad look for Ryan Poles. It makes me thankful that we didn't go and get him as a as a general manager at this point up here in Minnesota. So thank God. But um, yeah, buddy, that that is my my five worst uh, moves that that took place over free agency. And now we've got our best remaining free agents, Tyler. So yes. give me your your top remaining free agents here. Top main free agents. Number 10, Melvin Ingram. Still playing that's, at a fairly decent level. So that's a, a high level one. Actually, he played it. He played extremely well um, everywhere. He's, he's getting go- older. Yeah, he is. I agree. Um, high-end player, high-end defensive lineman. 
he's really a solid, solid guy. I, I think that, that um, even though he's getting older, teams should be considering him. I don't think that at least that, a one-year deal here. He should be getting something somewhere. Yeah. I don't think teams are going to wind up with a purse somewhere or he's going to wind up walking off with the purse. But I, I think that this is going to wind up being, um, he'll wind up being a good signing somewhere and being an impact player somewhere in this league. Number nine, Clayus Campbell. Yeah, Clayus Campbell, he's a he's a good player. Um, not a lot of people are looking at him for some weird reason. I I don't I haven't heard anything about him uh, since he hit free agency this year. Have you? No. Only thing I've heard is, is the potential of returning to the Ravens. Um, but he's wanted to see what, what was out there, and it hasn't been much, which is strange. Yeah, because he also, while older, is playing at a very high level. Yeah. And and the Ravens want him back. <clears throat> I mean, the the rumors are that the Ravens, the the Raiders, and the Cowboys, um, they are uh, currently kind of suitor potential suitors for him. But all signs kind of point to him returning to the Ravens. So we're we're going to see how Calais Campbell, how he winds up uh, shaking out. But again, another guy. I don't think he's going to wind up getting a purse anywhere. But I, I think he's going to wind up getting, you know, decent money, probably seven or eight million per year. That sounds about right. Yeah. Number eight, Jarvis Landry. <clears throat> Strange release by him, right? Yes, one hundred percent. Strange release. He he gets dumped by the Browns out of nowhere. I didn't think that they were going to get rid of him, and they just send him out the door. No reason. They they didn't even get anything for him. You could have gotten some for Jarvis Landry. You could have at least gotten what you got for for uh, Amari Cooper. <laughs> right, right. I, I mean, I think Jarvis Landry, I I think you could have gotten more, really. I, I think Jarvis Landry is a better receiver than Amari Cooper is. But I think Landry could have could have nabbed you like a third rounder. I think you, I could I think you could have gotten that for, for Jarvis. I, I think that's it's kind of silly that they let him go out the door in Cleveland. And I, I don't understand it. I understand there was a little bit of an attitude issue there. But I think Jarvis Landry, if he were to sign on with the Packers, which the Packers have been linked to Landry in the past, that'd be a good signing. There's a lot of teams out there that are probably, you know, interested in him at this current moment. Um, and and I he he's a guy again that that I heard news about the Packers as soon as he got released, and then after that, you know, who knows? He he did goes and he he he'd go and uh, fired his agent. So he went and went and fired his uh, his agent because he wasn't getting signed anywhere. I definitely think he's looking for a contender. Yeah, and the rumor is he's also looking for twenty million dollars a year. So I mean, we'll see. Know, we'll, we'll see how he get how he works out. I don't think he's going to wind up getting uh, a, a monster contract or anything like no. that. The Falcons are in the mix though for old Jarvis Landry though. So we will see how that shakes out. I think that might be a good fit. Could be. Yep. Number seven, Tyron Matthew. I well, think he's also one's looking for a contender. Yeah. He's coming off a couple down years. I think he's looking for a contender. Um, change of scenery could be good for him. There are a lot of teams that are kind of taking a glance at Tyron, Tyron Matthew right now. Hard hitting tackler. I mean, right. I, he's, yep. he's, just, he's a guy that likes to, to hit people. Um, yeah, uh, Steelers fans are are kind of you know being really loud about hey let's get Tyron Matthew in here from my understanding, 
Um, Cowboys are looking at them. Packers looking at them. There, there are some guys out there that are, or some teams out there that are looking for for this guy. But um, he has expressed his frustration on social media that he is not happy that he is not signed yet. So, um, yeah, I, I think he'll get signed somewhere. I don't know that he's going to get the money that he wants though, and that's going to be a toughie for him. He's going to be playing on something of a prove it deal. If I if if I see what's coming here, I see a team coming out and saying. I'll take you, Tyron, but we're going to give you a little prove-it deal. We're yep. going to give you a year, you know, seven per year, ten per year, and we'll see how he works out. So I could see that happening. Number six, Stefan Gilmore. Yes. God, yes. Uh, this guy's my favorite out of all the free agents right now. I like Stefan Gilmore. Um, he is just a stud, shut-down corner. I've been lobbying for the Vikings to make a move on this guy. There are several teams that are in the running for Stefan Gilmore right now. He's he's just a, a very popular guy. Eagles are interested in him. Giants are interested in him. Chiefs are interested in him. Um, you, you, got, you got Dolphins interested in him. Bengals are interested in him. I mean, the, the Raiders are interested in him. There's a lot of guys out mm-hmm. there. Or a lot out there that are interested in a guy like Stefan Gilmore. He's an older corner, but he's a shutdown corner and he has not declined. That's one thing about Stefan Gilmore. You got to remember a couple years ago, he was the best corner in football. Yes. So I, I want to see where he signs, but he's going to get big money wherever he goes. I mean, we're talking 15 to 20 for him. I, I oh, think yeah. he's going to sign to a blockbuster deal. Number five, Melvin Gordon. <sighs> So here's the thing about Melvin Gordon. I was really sold on Melvin Gordon when he was coming out of the draft a few years back. I thought he was going to be the best running back out of his draft class, and he turned out to be a bum, and then he came alive for a year, and then turned out to be a bum again. And then he went to Kansas City, and he's had a good year in Kansas City, and or I'm sorry, in, um, Raiders, in Denver. Not Raiders, Broncos, Broncos. Broncos, yeah. He, uh, I, I don't know why I said Kansas City, but he went to, to Denver, and he had a great year in Denver, and and – him and Javante Williams were like this two-headed attack, and, and it looked all really good, and that's fine. I don't think Melvin Gordon is worth more than the $8 million that he got. I, I think Melvin Gordon is kind of overrated. I think um, he elevates the team, though. I mean, he, he was, you know, by all accounts, the better, better running back of him and Williams. I don't think Williams More yards, a, more touchdowns. He didn't, Williams didn't get as many opportunities as Gordon, though. Same and amount of carries. Top. Same amount of carries. Within three. Really? They both had just over 200. Oh, wait. Melvin Gordon was hurt for those first couple, for those few games, too. That is right. So, so Gordon proved, I don't, I don't think Gordon's a uh, a uh, 20 to 30 carry back anymore, but I, th- I think Gordon proved that he, he's still an asset to a team. I, I don't know. I'm not sold on him. I haven't been sold on him for a while. Um, I think Williams is going to wind up being the better back. I really do. And yeah, I, I, I'm not, I'm not sold on Melvin Gordon. I, I just, I'm not. And I don't think he's worth, you know, like I said, I don't think he's worth double digits. I, I really don't. I don't think he's worth a double digit contract. I, I, I don't buy it. I don't buy him. Um, and, and there's a lot of people that feel he's going to elevate a team. I, I don't know. I, I don't, I don't, I'm not sold on him. I haven't been sold on him. He's so hit or miss. You never know which Melvin Gordon is going to show up year to year. I'm not taking That's that fair. risk. That's fair. If I any team out there, I'm not taking that risk on him. 
I, I just don't I don't see it. I don't feel it. Number four, JC Treader. This is a high end center and and he's Lots obviously looking at him. President of the NFLPA. Vikings have been looking at him. There have been a few teams that have been been reaching out and looking at him. Um quiet though. It's it's been quiet. Yeah. Um I know he's I if I'm not mistaken, I think he's coming off of a lower body injury. Um yeah. I mean there there hasn't been a lot of lot of talk about him. He's the the president of the NFL PA, but he's not signed to a team. Um Ravens are looking at him, Dolphins are looking at him, Vikings are looking at him. Those are the three teams that are are um, currently in place, yeah. Yeah, the, the those are the ones that are in play right now. Uh Panthers are also looking at him as well. But I mean JC Treader, I, I think he's a high end offensive lineman. Like I said, I think there was a lower body injury there. Maybe I'm I'm mistaken, but I, I thought there was an injury there. Um I like him a lot. I think he's a stud. He's one of the best uh, interior offensive linemen in all of football. Last year, he I think he was top five. I like him a lot. I, I think he's going to wind up getting signed. I don't know if he's going to be, like I said, getting a purse or anything like that. I keep using that term. He's not going to wind up getting a huge payout. But he is. Uh, he's still going to get signed somewhere and be very valuable uh, for that team. I, I, I could see him getting paid 10 a year, and I and that would probably be about what he would get. But yeah, J- ten to twelve. But for JC Treader, I would take that in a heartbeat. Number three, Jadavian Clowney. You know, I I like Jadavian Clowney when he's on the field, but then when he gets off the field, because he's always fucking hurt. I just feel that's like also he's fair. Hurt. What was that? That's fair. He's always hurt. He he really is, and and I I don't know um. I don't know I, if he's. He's ever going to be fully healthy for an entire season. I, I just I, I have questions about Jadavion Clowney. I, I think he got a lot of um, notoriety for a big hit a while back, and and then eh, everybody got really excited about him for that one big hit in, against Michigan, and then it was just kind of like eh. he 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 can be great. He showed he can be great. He show he can he shows he can be explosive, but. I, I don't know. I don't know if he's ever going to be healthy. I don't know and, if he's ever going to And that's be very high. possible. So I I, I want to see if he can just stay healthy. For God's sake, stay healthy. That's That seems to be the ongoing trend with him. He's always hurt in some way. He was really great. He kind of had a career resurgence in Seattle. And then, eh, nothing. So I, I don't know. I'm I'm a little iffy on him, but we'll see how he, uh, how he turns out. Number two, Landon Collins. We talked about him a little bit on the last show coming off a down year. Um, like I said, a little bit of um, a change of scenery would be really nice for him. But, um, yeah, I think he's going to be a really solid free agent pickup for whoever goes and nabs him. There's teams out there that need a lot of uh, secondary help. Landon Collins can be a great piece to that. So, yeah, I'm, I'm with you there. I agree. Landon Collins, he'll wind up probably snagging 10 to 12. I, I'm willing to bet. I mean, a lot of these guys, you know, are around that range. Uh, Landon Collins is one of them. I think he's coming off of a, uh, a contract in Washington where he was getting around what 15 million a year, wasn't he? Something like that. Yeah, I mean, I, I, I'd have to look at the the actual numbers, but 10 to 12 for him, I think, makes sense. Even coming off the down year, uh, I would, I would agree. I, I think that's that's about where he's. Uh, about what he's worth at this point. 
And so, number one is Big Bobby, Bobby Wagner. Well, yeah, no shit. <laughs> yeah, he was getting, by the way, uh, Landon Collins, he was getting an average salary of about $14 million per year. So, uh, but Bobby Wagner, I mean, nobody expected him to be out on the market right now. At least not being I, traded. I mean, he got cut too, surprising. And it seems like his, where he's going is coming down. It On the surface, it seems like it's down to two teams. Mm-hmm. Which has me all sorts of jittery. Oh yeah, you got Ravens, the Rams, and the Ravens. Yep, 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 yep. Um, he wants to play the defense that's that's, that's going to complement him, not one he has to carry. Cowboys were interested, um, and and obviously there's been. I, I guess the rumor is uh, uh, the the Cowboys have not been making any headway there. <clears throat> um, the asking price is what a lot of people are kind of iffy on. He's asking eleven million dollars per year. I don't understand why it's so difficult for him to ask $11 million per year. It's, it's Bobby. It's Bobby Wagner. Like, I mean, well, what's the problem? What's the issue here? Yeah, the I mean, fact that his market's not bigger is, is nothing short of asinine. Yeah, and, and he's asking for a one-year deal. I mean, it's not like he's asking for, for like a five-year $11 million mm-hmm. a year deal, you know, like. He has a one-year deal worth about $11 million that he wants. Now, the Ravens, you know, the rumor has that the Ravens are, are they feel they have a very competitive offer to Bobby in, in comparison to what the Rams have offered him. Um, and and uh, according to Josina Anderson, uh, the, the focus of the Wagner pitch was his addition to an already stacked defense as, and his ability to add to his legacy with the balance of Baltimore's team per league source. I, I think that Bobby Wagner is probably going to the Ravens. Um, if that yeah, happens, one, that definitely puts Ravens as one of the bigger winners of this offseason. Yeah, but in one year, $11 million is not, I mean, that's not outlandish for Bobby Wagner. I just, I not don't at get all. that. I don't get it. It doesn't make sense. So, yeah, there's absolutely no reason why the Ravens or the Rams or even the Cowboys, for that matter, couldn't do that. Eleven million is is a very good offer for Bobby Wagner, and he's a game changing type of player. So, hopefully, somebody makes a move on him. Um, and as for my forgotten five remaining free agents, um, I have it's all defensive side of the ball. Strangely enough, yeah, mine was mostly defense. There's a lot. There's a lot of defense left. Four of them are guys in the front seven, but my number five one is a guy that's that can play both. He can play in the front seven, but he generally doesn't. That's Keanu Neal. Um, Neal hits free agency this year after a failed stint with the Cowboys playing linebacker. They lined him up at the linebacker position. He plays more of safety. I don't know why they lined him up in the linebacker position. We thought it could work out. We said on this show that we thought that could be a thing. Um, Yeah, not so much. Did not work out very well. But I, I think Keanu Neal, if you shift him back to safety, he could be a star for somebody in this league. He was very good with Atlanta. So Keanu Neal is my number five. Uh, number four goes to the former Buffalo Bills defensive end, Mario Addison. He's still out there right now. I um, He was like a key part of that defense last year. We talked very highly of him uh, throughout the playoffs. I like Mario Addison a lot. I think he's going to wind up uh, getting signed somewhere. And when he does, Somebody's going to get a star player, don't you? I totally agree. Yeah. Mario Addison is my number four. 
Number three goes to a big man up front, and one that I know very well, one that I love very much, is the big man, Linval Joseph. Uh, He is a free agent currently. Anybody who needs a defensive tackle should be looking at this guy. I don't understand, like, why Linval Joseph is not signed to a deal right now. It doesn't make sense. He was one of the best defensive tackles in football for his entire tenure with the Vikings. You can get him on a reasonable contract. He's a big fucking guy. He's a team leader. He's got a great attitude. Linval Joseph. Somebody needs to go fucking get this guy. He is an awesome run-stuffing defensive tackle. Where are you at on Linval Joseph, Tyler? I, I'm right there with you on Linval Joseph. Uh, he, he needs to be signed a team. Even if it's just more of a shorter contract, that someone needs to be doing something with him. Yeah, and he's, he's in his early 30s. I understand he's starting to get on the back end, but, man, that's a guy that needs to be signed. Uh, number two goes to a guy that I'm surprised wasn't on your list. That's JPP, Jason Pierre-Paul. Coming off of that um, awesome stint with the Bucks. he goes and wins a Super Bowl. JPP, why isn't he signed somewhere? The club, why why isn't he out there? He needs to be. He was a big part of that Bucks defense, and he's going to be a big part of someone else's defense. Yep, he can play a, a, a hand-in-the-dirt defensive end, or he can play an outside linebacker role. So, I mean, I I think that, that JPP... And you can get it. I don't think he's asking huge money or anything. Do you? No, you should be able to get on a pretty good discount and get and get a hell of a player in the process. Yeah, I agree. He um and and he did a lot of things that that like we didn't think were possible given his hand situation. I mean, and there are teams out there that are interested. Cowboys right now are the biggest one that that are interested in him. But I mean, I don't know. I don't know. I mean, I feel like they're they're kind of wasting uh, Jason Pierre-Paul by not bringing him back over there in Tampa. He's gonna if he goes to the Cowboys, Cowboys get a star. And uh, last but not least, number one for me, and this is gonna kind of be a, an obscure one, but he's a guy that I really like, Akeem Hicks, um, out of uh, Chicago, the defensive end. This is a run-stuffing defensive end. And every time he took on the Vikings, and I know a little bit about him, every time he took on the Vikings, Dalvin Cook would get fucking destroyed every time we took on the, the, the Bears. Like, it was insanity. So seeing Akeem Hicks out there on free agency and nobody's picked him up, questions there. Uh, Cowboys, obviously, it seems like they're, they're uh, um, interested in, in – just about everything. He's he's projected as a defensive end. They say he's a defensive end. He's actually a defensive tackle. Um, but yeah, the Vikings are interested in him. The Cowboys are interested in him. What do you think about Akeem Hicks? I, again, another veteran guy that needs to be landing somewhere. There's a, there's a lot, all these guys are guys that have no business still be sitting out there. Yep. And the Browns are also interested in Akeem Hicks too, but he's, he's my number one. I'm amazed that he didn't come off the board earlier with all the interest that he was getting. So, I, I mean, there were a lot of teams out there that were like, oh, yeah, let me, how about Akeem Hicks? You know, can I get Akeem Hicks? And and nobody signed him. Nobody gave him a deal. This guy is a stud. He's in his early 30s. He's another dude that you can pick up and have a a, uh, a leader on that, that in your front seven there, and you probably don't have to pay him an arm and a leg. He's a great run stopper. I mean, why not? That That's the question for me. So those are my top five, top, top five top five free agents left over um so tyler that is our show um free agency frenzy is still rocking and rolling here 
Um, we've, we've got a lot going on. There's a lot of new- big names that could, that could, that could hit. Yeah. Uh, a lot of big names and, and, um, Pretty exciting about uh, uh, the NFL draft coming to Detroit in 24. I'm fired up for that. You and I are going to have to make plans. Yes. You're going to have to make plans. So I'm, I'm excited for that. So, uh, folks, uh, I want to give a quick shout-out to our sponsors over at It's Your Time Massage. Um, Amanda's a wonderful massage therapist. You can check her out over at IYTMassage.com, or you can uh, go over to It's Your Time Massage LLC over on Facebook. You can book your appointment online. Uh, with Amanda, she will take care of you. She does Swedish deep tissue um, and all that other good stuff, CBD, the whole deal. So over there at It's Your Time Massage. Tyler, have you gotten a massage yet? Not in a while. When are you getting a massage? God I damn will, I'll figure it out. <laughs> you, look, you sounded so scared. Well, I, I, okay, I'll figure it out. <laughs> um, and then uh, – we also want to talk about Face Kicked Apparel. Check out uh, facekickedapparel.com. Sean Stockmeyer, wonderful, uh, wonderful custom T-shirt guy. He does everything you need. Shirts, hoodies, hats, beanies, uh, pants. You name it, you pick it, he sticks it. All the way over there at facekickedapparel.com. And, uh, folks, that is our show. Tyler, Free Agency Frenzy is going to continue. We're going to go. We're going to be coming back here in about two weeks. And we're going to go over free agents, um, the more free agent signings, the news around the league, and then it's going to start jumping into the NFL draft. Absolutely. How how fired up are you for the NFL draft? Things are getting interesting. So the draft's going to just double up down on that. So it's been what's already been a crazy offseason. It's only going to get crazier. Yeah, the the draft is is going to be a really good time. We're We're going to start going over draft boards. Next episode, I want to go through the mock draft with you. We're going to go through the, um, the signings. You and I will go back and forth kind of discussing the, the uh, draft picks for each team as the, the free agency. And we, we might do it next episode or maybe the one after that just before draft time. But you and I will go back and forth discussing which players we think are going to go um, to what places. Um, so we'll, we'll go back and forth with that. Um, and we'll, we'll each pick for our own team too, just to be fun about it i mean who wants to who wants to ha- i don't want you picking for the vikings for god's sake <laughs> last shit i'm gonna want you're gonna be like oh well let me scroll down the list here all <laughs> the way to the bottom first round pick mr relevant but um yeah folks that's our show so we'll be back in two weeks and uh thank you so much for listening we'll see you next time right here on the outside blitz Join us soon on the Outside Blitz, and be sure to follow on Facebook at facebook.com backslash the Outside Blitz, and feel free to email us questions at theoutsideblitz at gmail.com. <laughs>